mama coming home I'm in the next chapter, put away all my credentials Then I crucified the actor, traded all I thought I wanna be For what I know I'm supposed to be Walking with the Lord, but know the devil's right in front of me I still feel the sun shining on my shoulders I did my homework I've been praying about um, Maybe we could do one where more people are here Even if they're not on mic, where it's just Um maybe like coffee and like mm -hmm. some you know like a fellowship kind of thing we do like a portion where we're on conversation mm -hmm. that's recorded and then we just allow it to um to roll and then i was talking to angel and he was like dude he would love to be in on the conversation if we get justin in because we, mm -hmm. we've done plenty where we do four four mm -hmm. people sitting at the table um so just i don't know i don't know if you ever watched there's a there's also another show called actors I forget what it's called, but they'll sit like people that you never seen next to each other. It's like Robert De Niro, oh, Shia yeah, LaBeouf, yeah. like mm -hmm. a, lo a bunch of people sitting at a table. And then there's like a mediator who's just kind of asking questions and letting them bounce off the question with each other and interact with each other. And it's really good. And I would love to have uh, people with callings and sort of um, – because not all pastors are exactly the same personality type, mm -hmm. you know? And, and yet, for some reason, we kind of treat it that way sometimes. You know, it's like a pastor should be, you know. and <laughs> You and, should wear a suit and a tie. Yeah. Look real sharp. Right. And then there's some that are, like, against anti that. They're like, if any, you ever see a guy in a suit and tie, you already know. And it's like, well, <laughs> there's guys that could wear a rock a suit and tie and be solid, bro, or, or vice yeah, versa, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, dude, that's... Hmm. I feel I could feel this podcast almost like morphing. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm kind of curious with that. Like what? I don't know too much about what you do at your church and how you kind of tackle ministry. And, I, and I'm curious because I, I see you at the Bible college. I've seen you at the, the men's conference, but I don't know what Caesar's like at his church. You know, I was kind of curious about that. So at my church... Uh, I'm the leader of the recovery ministry there, mm -hmm. but I'm a deacon as well. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of just get involved. Like if I see a need and I say, hey, like, so with the conference, I was like, hey, so I don't know if you guys know, but Twin Peaks shut down. No way. Ooh, no way. Yeah. Like, like they done? I, I, they I think it? they're just going to do like a school there. Mm. So that's what we were told, unless they're just filling no, in no. with somebody else. No, but, I mean. Uh, and uh, so they're they're putting a school there so we're like man where are we going to do men's conferences mm -hmm. at because we used to go like when a big church would go and they would have like a little space left we would fill that space mm -hmm. and get in and so well it got canceled it got we couldn't have a men's con or retreat so we had a conference i was like hey we need a conference i was like guys have, have, we had we haven't had a retreat in a couple of years i was like we got to do something mm -hmm. so he goes all right we'll set it up i'm like all right i'll set it up so if i see a need i'll just do it that's and, dope yeah I, yeah. I'm not the guy. So, you know, you'll have some people that go, oh, well, talk to the pastor. I'm like, why? I'll just tell him, like, yeah. hey, we need to do this. And mm -hmm. he's usually pretty cool. Like, that's, you know? that means you guys have built a good relationship mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. sure. That's yeah, awesome. I'm not going to tell we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah, I no. Said so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I could see that. Like, some people have been around you long enough for you trust their judgment mm -hmm. or, you you know, they, they, they actually can do that for you because, like me and him, I never have to he doesn't ever have to worry if he sees me talking to somebody on the side, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to worry what I'm talking about, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. or vice versa. I never sit in a sermon and sermon and just be like, where's he going to go with this? I don't, it, it, it's fine. Like wherever he goes mm -hmm. with it, you know, because I, I know he, 
he's yeah you know what i mean he has discernment so so anyway so you're you have sort of like a a a lot of freedom where you serve yeah pretty much yeah i'm not like i don't know Hmm. not really like a lot of freedom you know within the what our pastor wants he know we know what he wants you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna follow just like you 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 guys when you were at golden springs i'm sure you knew what raw wanted or your leaders wanted so mm-hmm. you're gonna follow within that boundary mm-hmm. i'm never gonna try to outstep my boundary we had a so we had a recovery ministry before and this was when i was in the the men's program there and so they what they were doing behind like behind the scenes is it was a recovery uh um a recovery ministry in the front, mm-hmm. but they were trying to recruit people in the back because they were planning on leaving. Oh, mm. and, and, oh wow. and so what they were trying to do is they were trying to recruit people to go with them, and they got a couple of people, and, and so one person, and they're like, so they had tried to call me, and they were like, hey, we want you to join this ministry, and and I was a baby Christian, maybe like a month or two saved, right? Mm-hmm. We want you to join this ministry. It only cost, and I went, oh, what? Boy. And mm. it blew my mind. Baby Christian, I was like, no, that don't sound right. I was like, I shouldn't have to pay. I was like, it's free here. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty good at uh-huh. this spot, you know? So, wow. yeah. So, I mean, obviously within boundaries, but it, I'll talk to my pastor and be like, hey, Pastor Bob, this is what I want to do. And he goes, all right, cool, do it. That's mm-hmm. dope. And, and he'll leave it at that. Because if you tell him, hey, I want to do this, and he'll be like, okay. And then he'll just, Okay. And mm-hmm. then he'll wait for you to do it. And then uh, you'll, some guys will get upset, like, hey, well, he's not tell- doing anything. And like, well, you asked him to do yeah, it. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. your vision. I mean, that was yeah. your vision. Why yeah. was he going to step out of his way yeah. to, to, to fulfill your vision? And he'll do all, and they'll get all upset. I'm like, just mm-hmm. do it. They're like, but, but he's, did he say, yeah? Yeah, th- well, then do it. Right. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing mm-hmm. to just go for it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think there's something to learn from that. Um, sometimes, um, it's, it, it appears to me the the more that a a, a pastor, because um, I've been around a lot of different ministries, um, the more that a pastor believes that he knows the way, mm-hmm. the more he micromanages. Mm-hmm. But the more that a pastor believes that the Spirit built this and God's leading this and God's doing it, the more excited he is about what god is doing and what god potentially could be doing when someone comes or when something exciting is happening Mm -hmm. and i always want to encourage because i i I happen to have been given recently a voice in the ear of a lot of young pastors that are starting up and that are growing and i always want to encourage those guys to to allow it to be god's church and demonstrate that by saying lord you know is this you like seeking that stuff like instead of just no i i got it i've seen it i've seen the way it's supposed to be done i've seen how it how it works and how it grows and i'm gonna control every avenue and i don't don't think anybody's gifts are are grown in that you know like if, if you have the leader that just lays the hammer down no one ever wants to to use their spiritual gifts that they're given because they're like well I can't use it there because he's not going to let me. I can't mm. use it here because he said we can't do that. Yep. You know, and you never get that opportunity to serve, really. Right. Yeah. It also perpetuates yes men, you mm. know, because now when you have that kind of iron fist, um, then really that person's only looking for people like r- r- robotic, 
Hmm. You know, um, it's just like that won't think, hey, you know, I was praying about this last night and and I kind of was um, I was noticing when I was reading this, you know, like I, the Lord did this unique thing and the Lord's pressing on my heart. There's no room for any of that nope. because it's like this is just the way it goes, you know. Um, and I don't think I think there's a I think there is a, a balance, though, because, you know, sometimes you get people who don't seem to be biblically based and they're just like anything they're like it was crazy what the lord did and I'll, i've been in countries where i'm like yeah that that was just a person really excited about themselves you know mm -hmm. that wasn't really something the lord did that was like some guy who's always looking for the opportunity to be in the limelight and there he finally found his little spot you know and that also can be dangerous you know so that balance is so crazy how you you need discernment that comes by the holy spirit you need wisdom that comes by the word of god but you need to know that God's leading this and that he's the one who who basically this is his church yeah. you know and he's the one that's going to bring things that are different and you need to be in step with that you know that, so crazy that's, that's the value of assistant pastors too to be that buffer for the pastor that mm -hmm. definitely does help uh, and I saw it with Pastor Dale at, at Golden Springs how I was I was scared when I would come to him with an idea mm. but that was because I knew that he had shut people down before for if they were going to go off and do something weird. But then when I would, when I felt like the Lord was calling me to do something, there'd be times when I would be like, Hey, like I have this idea. And he'd look at me. He's like, you feel like the Lord's calling you to this? And I was like, yes. And then he's like, then by all means do it. Yeah. He's like, if it starts to get weird, shut it down. And I was like, run out of the, yeah. run out of the office, <laughs> you know? But, and I see that, I see that there's a value in that. There's a value of, um, having guys like Mike around, um, who can help and, and just, cause you get sometimes people who are just a little, a little different and they want to bring in their ideas and, and add to, which is cool. But if, if they start trying to make everyone like themselves, like we were mm -hmm. talking about, that's when it starts to become a problem, mm -hmm. you know? You so. know, it's interesting about that. I, I think that there's a, I think that there is a, 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 a discernible difference, though, when something's birthed um, because of the Lord speaking to somebody versus when somebody's walking in the door with their preconceived desires, mm. you know? So when you have a person who comes along and the Lord's tugging on their heart to become a part of something because they see the movement of God, because the Lord's ministering to them in a way that he hasn't in a while because they're in a new environment or because the Lord's just calling them to a new place or whatever. Um, and then from there, new things also begin to grow. New things begin to sprout new like desires um, and ideas that are coming through the word of God and through maturity and discernment. Then that's when you as a pastor want to be open to God doing mm -hmm. those things because that's fruit of your labor. That's actually... Yeah. That's actually fruit because of what God's doing through your life, what drew people in. But it's when the person walks in the door, begin to display their accolades, start to say, hey, I was here. I've done this. I do this, you know, and I've been noticing, you know, you got you probably could use a little more of this. Now, all of a sudden, dude, like that's that's completely mm. different. You know, a pastor, it's not that he's not open to what God's doing. It's that somebody's coming with their preconceived ideas, you know, whoever's indoctrinated them or whatever. Mm. And, and they're coming in to, to make something happen completely different than a pastor being in tune and open to what the Spirit's doing in people's lives. And when you have a young person that God brought and they're just 
full of joy the lord and they say man i got a song can i share with you and and you're like the lord's revealing it to you you're just like you know what why don't you play that this wednesday or something you know Mm -hmm. and i remember watching um venture in faith and pastor chuck talking about doing stuff like that with the young hippie guys and and what a beautiful example especially because he came from i mean chuck taught in a suit people don't realize Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. You know, like they're like right, always like, yeah, the hippie church. And the, but, dude, that dude, I remember hearing like even in his leadership, he was he was strict, mm-hmm. bro. Mm-hmm. And so what that shows you is not that he was two faced, but that he had a balance. That he wasn't just completely sold to the whenever, whatever. But when the spirit was moving, he was aware of it. And he knew like, dude, this is the Lord. God's doing this, mm-hmm. you know. So I like mm-hmm. I like how you said like. uh like for an assistant pastor, that's he, he's really the eyes of the pastor because the pastor a lot of the time he's focused on on the teaching and mm-hmm. and, and the and the sometimes certain needs of for certain people right mm-hmm. so he can't always see everything and, and I think about like any leadership in general leadership the leadership of the church that 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 are below the pastor really are the eyes and the ears for him mm-hmm. you know I remember a guy came into our church and he had come through the program he left and came back. And he came back on fire, like mm. man, you, because he came, he left on a bad note, mm. and he came back serving God. And you know, I backslid. Well, one day he he had told everybody he was like, yeah, I cast demons out of my wife, and we're like, but your wife's a believer. Mm. Yeah, well, she can be possessed. I was like, nah, bro. Mm. I was like, I don't, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I was like, she, she can't be possessed, man. He goes, well, you don't know my experience. Mm. And when he told me that, I was like, bro. I was like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to battle with you. I, I don't, I don't want to argue with you. I love you. I was like, but that one word that you shared experience, I was like, says it all. Yeah. I was like, because now you're telling me that if I just run off my experience all day long, I was like, that church would be wild. Yeah. I was like, it'd be a crazy place. Everybody mm-hmm. would just That's be so having true. a great time and never learn anything, you know, and. Hmm. And, and and he got so frustrated, hmm. you know, and, and he got so upset. And I had it. So I had to tell my pastor, I was like, look, this is what I said. This is what I told him. He goes, that's good. I agree with you. And I, and I and so I went back to him. And I let him know, like, I was like Bible in hand. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you were, you're like, all right, <laughs> it, this is going to go down. I got to show yeah, him yeah. exactly. And he and the following week he left. Mm-hmm. He's like, this isn't my place, you know, and. and you know, those those are the times I think where 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 good leadership, you know, hand in hand really helps because you see those things, you mm-hmm. know, that you won't always you won't always see. Yeah. I've I've seen so in my recovery ministry I've seen some uh, crazy things happen. I bet. <laughs> so uh one day a guy came he had come a couple times and he was like, Hey, I just wanna say something to everybody, just tell you thank you and I was like, Yeah, no problem. Well he went up there like super hyper Pentecostal crazy and said, you're going to give me the ministry by the end of the night. Oh, wow. And, and, oh, it was wild. Or, or just, I looked at my wife and we're just like, uh, oh, did I just bro. hear that? Uh-huh. And it was, it was crazy. So we all went and cause we would split into groups from the men and the women. And all the guys looked at me like, you're not going to give them the ministry. Are you? I was like, what do you mean? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> he just just because he told me something the Lord didn't tell me yet. Uh-huh. I was like, and he because he did that. He's like, well, thus stay of the Lord. You know that you're gonna give me the ministry and you gotta give me the decision by tonight. And, and, <laughs> and it was crazy. And so oh we did gosh. all this stuff. We went. We did our normal routine. And then by the end of the night, he goes, "Let me know by tomorrow." 
<laughs> I was like, well, then the Lord didn't say tonight yeah. if you're okay uh-huh. with tomorrow. And, you know, it was just crazy. And I told my pastor that. And <laughs> I go, so this is what happened. He goes, he, I was like, I had a weird moment. And I told him, he goes, it's not, it, he goes, it's not going to be your last. Yeah. He oh, goes, wow. welcome to ministry. Yeah. And, and I've seen some crazy things. That's when you give that guy the, we'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I, I believe. I believe that you can, if, if you're, if you stand on the truth, they're either going to leave or change, mm-hmm. mm. you know? And, and that's cool. Like I'm with, I'm for both of those things because I'm not the author of people's lives, dude. Mm-hmm. If they, if they're not ready to, and that's one thing I always say to people too. Like when I'm here, mm-hmm. I always tell them like, when they come in, I always tell them, listen, and I encourage them in this way. If they, especially if they came from something different, like they're super evangelical or they're Pentecostal or whatever they are, it's like whatever it is that the Lord's taught you, that's awesome. And maybe He's bringing you to a place to teach you yet another layer. You're not here to change the place here, you're here to grow in a new mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to say that we do everything the best way, the only way that's to be done. I'm here to say th- that we know how we do things here, mm-hmm. right? Like we know what the Lord's called us to do so so come on in and and grow the bible says a wise man adds to his treasure and come in and see and i i can honestly say i've been places that are different than what i'm used to and there were things i could take from there sometimes in certain cases it was like more what i shouldn't do than what i should do but even then i still grew Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. if the lord led me there i was in africa with super pentecostal people um but the nature of the scenario also gave me a different outlook on Pentecostal in that setting because here you have people that have nothing and have very little and are showing more dedication than what I see a lot with my peers out here. You're talking people that are walking four hours to come to church and more excited to be there. They wish they could live there. Mm -hmm. So when they do a whole Sunday from morning to evening with the lunch and everything included, you know, they, for them, that's just in opposition to their normal life. It's a different motive for doing that than when churches out here are trying to keep you because that's the style that they do it and make you stay there. So you're seeing this, you're seeing identical things or things that look similar, but they're completely different and you can't just cast your judgment Mm -hmm. without using discernment. You know, you can't, you're looking at the hearts of these people and you're like, you know, you, you, you gotta be sensitive to the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I walked away, you know, from that, with a different heart because the Lord was revealing to me different motives, layers of motives mm-hmm. in people's hearts over there. But it didn't mean that I came back all of a sudden. I was just like, yeah, Pentecostal <laughs> churches are down, you know, like Hitting because people with your jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Daddy, you were giving us, what did uh, you say? Dude? Yeah, you went to a church? What, dude, how did that happen? I was so curious. Like somebody just invited you there. Yeah. There's a, there's a brother, not, not from my old church, but that I met at a Barnes and Noble started a conversation with him and he invited me out to his church out in the desert and it was long you were but you were there that yeah, yeah, i taught on that yeah, right yeah. where it was a, it was like a eight hour probably like a 10 hour service but i was only there for seven <laughs> you're like and then at a certain point the the pastor just started beating the sheep man and i just felt like whoa where he was like because they weren't saying 
wow and amen and 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 yes enough mm-hmm. and then he started to tell him he's like are you guys listening are you guys here today and then they just started to rail them and just like you guys are, are like you guys are asleep you guys aren't aren't on and then people were like we're sorry daddy and i was oh, like <laughs> that's weird I like, daddy <laughs> like a bunch of people like people were saying it back and forth like we're sorry we're sorry and he's like it's too late like we're gonna move on and i was just like oh my gosh it's crazy because you know there's churches that are like guilted into their salvation and they don't mm-hmm. really feel a conviction like it, it, you know like they're like you're such a sinner like but i've been i've been a christian for 10 years you're still a sinner go you're going to hell like yeah. what yeah. like what do you do like man i feel so bad no joy huh no. just beaten man there's I, I call it the eeyore christian yeah <laughs> just uh, uh, yeah, i think there's something uh, to and I, I i haven't thought too deeply about this but when you have a three-hour worship service I think there's something that plays into the psychology of, of someone who's going through all that to them by the time of uh, when worship's done now, they're just so open to, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to like understand it, but just like whatever that, that man is teaching. Yep. And maybe you guys have know more about the psychology behind no. that, but it's it's interesting to me. I don't, well, one I, I thing, don't know. one thing for sure is that uh, like a, a red flag, is when people begin to need their environment to do what they do, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you know, as you stack on things that seem to work better, that's awesome. Like, man, I noticed, you know, when it was a little too warm, people were nodding out or, you know, we we want to provide the coffee ahead of time but not the lunch ahead of time, just things that you acquire. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Like, you, you know, you notice that, um there is useful and helpful psychology about lighting about you know but here's here's where you know that it's dangerous is i always remind sal i remind myself i remind guys that are teachers like dude you don't need nothing but the word and the teaching of the word like Mm. if you can't do what you do with just that then you you need to reset because that's when it starts to like become hypnotic really Mm. like now you're not just letting you're not just allowing something to be useful you're allowing it to lead the helm you know and you have pastors out there that are like there's purposeful psychology behind it you got lulling people into something and you keep repeating certain words or you know you have people always say this the same thing always say that when people come in and all of that stuff, dude. And it's like, bro, if you strip that guy down, stick him on a street corner, stick him somewhere where there's half the dudes are coming off of drugs or whatever, and you can't teach what you do, you're drifting, bro. Like, mm. you know what I mean? And if you've gotten to the point already where you're purposefully orchestrating this stuff, now you're trying to play. You know what I mean? You're I think, replacing you're, the work of God. I think you're playing on, like we were saying, like emotion. You yeah. get them because, mm. you know. I, I mean, when you hear worship, people get emotional. Yeah, for you know, sure. they they get in a spot, and when you do it for that long, it's like a concert. Mm-hmm. You know, people get excited mm-hmm. to go to concerts. They get excited to to get in their feelings. You know, and then so they're all like that. And then you, like you said, then they get to the word. They don't care what they say. They just want to be there now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, okay, I've been here for that. I hope we do worship again after this teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just kind of get them, and then then you get that guy yeah <laughs> man for sure we another thing that i i always pray for we're in and when i'm whenever i'm in a place that i'm going to be teaching regularly um is for people for god to bring a variety you know i love when i'm somewhere teaching and you have the guy who's like 
amen or he's that way but i also love when there's a guy who's not right mm. and he didn't say nothing he sat there looking at me dude full attention the whole time and then at the end of it he comes up to me he's like hey man like and starts sharing with me the things that god showed him i'm like and and i love when it's not just those people too and here's the reason why because then you start to develop a negativity towards people saying amen or a person crying during worship and and another thing i never want to see is like you know inevitably you see a little more of this just inevitably but when everybody's just like the just like the pastor like you know because we're not the thing that should draw you to a church is that the lord led you there and he brought you there and you're and you know the spirit is called you there because of the work that he has for you there and because you know the way you're growing there and so when i grow it's never because i don't get to just say i grow from these type of teachers because god can teach me in different mm. ways throughout different chapters of my life mm -hmm. and so i need to know where i'm called you know because calling insinuates that it's between you and god you know and i remember we talk we bring up david zunes all the time because he just happens to be a common thread <laughs> in a lot of us but it was weird to find out the angel knew him and you knew him and you knew, i was i mean i know mm -hmm. you knew him but it's kind of interesting but um one of the things he always used to tell me was you got to know your calling mm -hmm. and you got you have to know your call do you know your calling and i didn't realize how many things would be lined up by knowing that thing mm -hmm. you know it's like once i started to realize that i was um a communicator of god's truth like teacher you know i i only the only reason i w was leaning on using the word teachers because to some people that word applies forceful academia like you also need to be a person who went to college and schooling so i'm not i'm not committed not that i'm not committed but i'm not fully convinced that god's called me to to further that yet but i do know that i've been called to be a voice for his truth right and so but once i realized that that was my calling um then it allowed me to know what was lining up with that you know what what i'm there's a lot of times that i'm somewhere and the night just went really well and it seems like that's something i should do but like music many times earlier in my life especially people begin to assume that because you can make music that you're called to do worship that's not true dude i wish i would have learned that sooner you know that's i'm not a worship leader worship's scary <laughs> <laughs> like, it can be to be a worship leader it, I, I we talked about this the other day uh, last saturday and and uh because who led worship in heaven, mm. you know, and, and he knows the ins and outs uh, uh, of worship. Mm. And so to lead worship, I think at that time, I always tell our worship leader, I'm like, I'm like, just just remember that that you, the glory isn't yours. Mm. You know, like we, we can't ever touch it. We're just only here to reflect it because he knows it. Mm -hmm. And it's, he's really good at just switching it and be like, man, everybody's worshiping right now. And I'm the one leading it. I, I, that's why I know I'm not called to be a worshiper. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I enjoy here and why the Lord, uh, like part of him also solidifying for me to be here is because I know that Sal loves great worship. I know that he loves amazing worship. And I know he loves time in worship. I know he loves like when, we're, when we've ever been alongside each other, someone's really good music. Like we love music, love worship. 
but because he's a pastor here and at this point he's doing worship there is a there is a tone being set where worship that teaching supersedes worship so no matter how much we try to make worship awesome the root of foundation of this place is that it's always been outshined by teaching mm -hmm. teaching's always going to be the the preferred like the the more important right and so that's where you can get a healthy growth growth like i talked about earlier you start to notice things work really well or if god should bring some people that are really amazing and talented but there's already this mindset that it's like no matter how much we love something it doesn't supersede mm. what's most important you know and um i find myself telling the the leadership and the congregation that uh, quite a few times lately is just reminding them this is the main focus just so you guys know this is a bible teaching church i was like so we have all these beautiful ministries i was like we got children's ministry i point it to my parents and i was like we got tech ministry uh we got women's ministry i'm pointing to lisa i was like we ha we have uh uh maintenance <laughs> ministry all everything that she does and i was like but all of those ministries are to complement the teaching of the word like and that uh, if we could understand that we're all going to be in unity in the same mind and there's other churches who do things differently out there and they have you know different ways and different approaches to ministry they're still brother like they're still saved they're still brothers in the lord on these right on churches and i was like and that's cool and i was like that's the the beauty of the body and then i gave this illustration maybe you guys have heard this joke but i'll say it is that when we get to heaven peter's going to be there and he he greets you and i was like this is what i don't want for you guys to experience i don't want you guys to go into heaven and then peter's like okay like i'm gonna check you into your mansion and he's walking you down the hall in heaven and all of a sudden you you we pass by this room and you see all these people singing and dancing and praising the lord like crazy and you're like they're like wow like what's that like what's going on in there and they're like oh that's those are the pentecostals and then they're <laughs> like oh okay and then you keep walking down and then all of a sudden you, you walk by uh, this other big arena and then you just see, see people like just standing straight and singing hymns like quiet and looking solemn and you're like, oh, like, wow, it sounds like really, really nice. What's going on in there? And they're like, oh, those are the Baptists. And like, they only sing hymns. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you're gonna, you're gonna keep walking. And eventually, uh, you, you get to another room. And then in that room, maybe you see people raised hands and uh, just some people sitting down praying. And it's like, oh, like, what's this? What's that? And they're like, oh, shh, that's Redeemed Church they don't know anyone else is here. <laughs> and it's like, you, you see, there's a whole body of believers that's existing outside of here. Mm -hmm. I think of Elijah who's like, Lord, I'm the last one that you got here in the mm -hmm. cave and there's nobody else out there. <laughs> and sometimes that's what that we think that we are the only ones who are fighting the good fight, mm -hmm. but that's not the reality. God has his army. He has his soldiers out there too. So it's cool. It's unique. Yeah, I think that those are the times where we got to realize that we can't just box Jesus up. We were just talking about that mm -hmm. a little bit ago. Just you can't put him in a box, you know, like he he can do things. I, I always love what Chuck Smith said. He goes, he goes, you have he goes, uh, you have the charismatic church for the charismatic people. Mm. You have the conservative churches for co the conservative people. He goes, but we're all the body of Christ as long as as we know that Jesus Christ is the only way to get to heaven. All the other stuff is just whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't got to worry about that. Why do we fight over the the, the, the small things like that, you know? And, mm -hmm. and we got to realize that, look, it, 
our goal here is to bring as many people to heaven as possible mm. you know and, and, and to encourage them and obviously your our, your callings are, are to teach them and to edify them right mm. and help them grow but as you do that that that's really the plan is just mm. to to escort as many people to heaven as we can yeah mm-hmm. and, and and i think a lot of the time we do we get lost in denominations and we and oh well you know you guys aren't doing it right, so there's no way you're saved. You guys don't mm. don't do the gifts right, and you don't express them out loud during church all long, all service. Mm. So you you guys can't be saved, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're not baptized, you're not saved. And I'm like, hold on, what, you know. And I mean, we we could debate it all day sure. long, but do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. What about you? Yeah. That's the only way to God or to heaven. Yeah. Mm. Then cool. We're all in the boat. Yep. Let's just mm. row. You know. You know, one of the things that I I. Um, notice it in in ministry and a lot of times when guys feel proud of themselves that they were that they were discipled or that they sat under a, ter- a church that was really sharp is they also sometimes inherit battles that aren't theirs right so and and that's not any fault of even a pastor that's that's the fault of the person who inherits something that's not really theirs and I'll get to what I'm what I mean by that because it applies to what we're talking about you know, it's like if if we had church in the mountains and all of our livestock, let's say we had like a like chickens and stuff were being killed by wolves, we would simultaneously be be growing in the word and growing in in the things that we grow in in in, in Christianity, but we would be teaching our sons or teaching people how to track wolves or foxes or whatever is attacking the livestock, how to protect the livestock. So you would have you would build a culture without realizing it you would you but it wouldn't that stuff has nothing to do with Mm. just the word of god but it has something to do with what you need to do to exist in this place Mm. so when you look at at um decades right like in different seasons and times past when you have when you have um liberal people running a country there is application christian wise about the world you're living in mm-hmm. when you have republican people running a country there is application that comes alongside when you live in a place where there's a lot of drug addicts going to be there there's application that comes as- alongside just different seasons there's so much diff- there's so much change in the world but the bible and christ is not changing mm-hmm. so what happens a lot of times when you're being raised in an environment or developed underneath a place that has really got it down. Like they've really, they've really hammered in the, the sort of the, the machine and mechanism based on the decades that they are existing, the location that they are, the kind of people that God is bringing the kind of work that they do that is both proactive and reactive and all of that stuff. Um, you can become confident that you are well-rounded as you're being discipled in that place. And then you find yourself trying to make that stuff apply where God's leading you. And he leads you to a complete, now you're in a desert. You were once fighting wolves off, you know, for your livestock in the mountains. And now you live in a desert and snakes are not like wolves. Mm. And you have to meet this, the Lord, the teacher, the, the great teacher, the same way that you're, pastors did so hopefully they taught you how they found the voice of god not just taught you how to do all the things that they know how to do because the lord instructed them in that place 
right? So Joshua, a perfect example biblically, make sure that we always have like, you know, is is Joshua, when he goes to Jericho, God's very in, um, specific with how to defeat that, right? And then he continues on, if you know the story, and he continues in battle, and they're just having all the victories. Mm -hmm. But as soon as Joshua gets to the place where he no longer has to seek the Lord for how to win, he they go to AI and they get wasted, <laughs> right? They get wasted. And and there's a lesson in that. And it's because Joshua's victory was found in, in, in the presence of God in his life, the, the voice of God in his ear, right? And, and the penetrable truth of God in his heart. This wasn't just like oh we know how it's done and christians need to remember that us who are around solid ministry seeing it the way it's done we still have to be the vulnerable child before the king and saying lord i don't know how to do this i need your guiding hand i need your voice i need your presence because if we think we could just regurgitate what we've seen we're, we're, we're putting ourselves in 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 dangerous ground as we head into this new chapter i see it i'm aware of it I'm aware of God bringing new people, new leaders in my life that I see are the future of what God's going to do. I have like this moral obligation to continue to press them to situate themselves to hear the voice of God in their life and to be obedient and, and, and sensitive to the spirit of God in their life without becoming, obviously we know the dangers of going too far in that direction. You talked about earlier, the guy that was like, Oh, I, from my experience or what I feel, mm -hmm. We're still, there's still certain things that never change in the word of God. God's not changing. He's not evolving and morphing into what he's going to do next. He's the same, bro. But our scenarios, we, we rewind, circling back to what we were talking about. We engage in battles, inherit battles that weren't really ours. You know, we, we start to, you talked about, you know, Pentecostals and denomination, you know, divisions. Honestly, I see a next generation of young people who aren't even that aware of de mm. denomination mm -hmm. difference. They're, they're not even necessarily, they don't even know that much the difference between Baptist, except for the deep ones that have been indoctrinated by their people, right. right? But with most young people that we meet or people coming in, it's like we start teaching them about not focusing on something that they didn't even know was there. You know, we're like, hey, don't even think about this stuff. They're like, what is that? You know, <laughs> and all of a sudden we introduce them to it. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just simple. You know, Sean McKeon, I hear his, his words in my head. You know, he he saw me one time debating with somebody outside of, uh, what's that coffee house that was up the street from Golden Springs? Not um, the Starbucks, but the other one that everyone used to go to. They served the crushed ice. It was like right, mm -hmm. up, right up the street. Anyways, I can't think of what oh. it was called. Yeah, Looney Bean? No, not Looney Bean. The, the uh, bean, something. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So um, I was with Sean there years ago. and uh, It's a grind. It's Sorry. a grind. Yeah. <laughs> it's a grind. Um, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And out front, there's always college kids out there on their laptops or whatever. And um, I began to engage with this kid, and it, it went it went deep fast. and But we were there a good maybe 25 minutes of discussion which is long when you're just mm -hmm. with a stranger and i remember sean wasn't saying anything he was just like listening and like he was like and and at some point in the conversation i began to know like know instinctively like dude sean has way more ammunition than i do right now and i'm the only one fighting right now 
and then when we got in the car i mean it ended okay like it was like yeah well just think about that and i think i kind of even came up on a little up note a little bit i was like yeah well think about that and the guy was like like no i hear you i hear you for sure and we get in the car and like i i want to know like you know that feeling Mm -hmm. when you're like with somebody that has wisdom you want to know like give me my grade dude like tell me where i went wrong because i've always been obsessed with knowing where i went wrong Mm -hmm. and he's like i'm not i'm not sure there's anything wrong with that that was that was cool and but i was like no give me more dude like (laughs) you know you were just standing there and like he's like i don't want i don't want to i want you to be who god made you to be he's like just keep it simple and like keep it simple like the way that would echo in my mind Mm -hmm. like throughout the years to come you know as you grow and you see people fight and go to war and and you realize that like man the greatest thing i could do is just be sensitive to the holy spirit in my word focused on jesus and then just allowing him to lead me with what i say and what i don't say Mm. when i hold my tongue you know when when you let somebody else speak and you just you know and those are so valuable lessons and what we need moving forward as much as the the battle's so complicated who would have thought that the, the majority ingredient in what we're making is still humility mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and just simple you know don't well, i always try to encourage sal when people want to know they want to treat him like a psychologist too you know yeah. they come in they're like <laughs> we're going through this you know and so and so this and i know and, and i always tell him dude don't let don't let them turn you into their shrink mm-hmm. because then you have a job mm-hmm. you know and it's like you're just gonna point them towards christ and if they humble themselves if they surrender their desires you know they'll find themselves less driven to do to be requiring what they need what they want and more focused on yeah you know, they'll, they'll start to ask you the questions that they want they they like learn how to manipulate their questions yes. so you have to answer it a specific way that they want it mm-hmm. you know he had a uh, had a close friend him and a, his wife they they relapsed and they went out and he would mm-hmm. always call me and he always tell me like he was like am i in the right and i'm like no you're not in the right well then he would start learning how to a- ask a question where if I said yeah, it was condoning what he was doing. But if I said no, mm. it made it it it, it, w- it was still like the same sure, thing. Sure, sure. And so he learned how to manipulate yeah. the the question to fit his needs. And I'm like, you just need Jesus. Well, I know, I know, I know. Um, but that's it. Mm. And then he he would just hang up. And then he'd call again. I'm like, what's up? And then he he'd ask me a question again. I was like, you just need Jesus. He'd hang up. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, in reality, because that is the answer, right? That that's really the the solid goal, like you yep. said, it is to get them to Jesus. But when they don't want to hear that, when they think that, well, no, I didn't call you for that. Yeah. Well, then what did you call me for? Because mm. you, you you know that's what I'm going to share with you. Mm. That's what I'm going to tell you. I'm always going to lead you to Him. You want me to to give you this weird condone your thing spiritually, you know? And and, and I was like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, it's you. You gotta. You're gonna better. You better find someone else to answer that question because yeah. it's not gonna be the answer you want. There, there's a point too where you could kind of become a pacifier for people, or mm-hmm. you start giving them yourself rather than you, and they they want you to do that. They want you to be their kind of like their confession booth, where all of a sudden it's like, hey, like I'm. So this is what you need to do. You need to read your word, 
get closer to the well get closer to jesus bottom line read your word pray and start doing those things and then they don't do those things but they're like i'm trying this i'm i'm trying to i'm just trying you know i'm trying and it's like i'm 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 failing and i'm struggling and it's always the same conversation after a while and then at a certain point you're like hey like i've I've given you what you need to hear and if you're not going to take it then like i I can't We're continue. <laughs> yeah, I can't continue this conversation with yeah. you. I was like, I'll be your brother. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> like, well, not whatever, but if you want to talk about other things. But if this is your issue and this is what you want to talk about, like, you know, the answer. It's there. Yeah, I don't. It's hard. I, I don't want to like. I'm not calling anybody a pig, but it's like c- tossing your pearls before swine. Yeah. You know, they're just going to trample over it. They don't want to. They don't want to take the good stuff that you can give them and and use it. Mm. It's just like, uh, you know, that's not what I want to hear. Hmm. You know, like, like give me something else. No, it's all you're getting. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about something on a on a practical note, um, because you deal with it so much more. Um, the the discerning the lines or or just dealing with the avenues of where mental health meets drug mind right like where people um believe that the enemy is attacking them in their mind but they also have a history of drugs and you know those areas where you really you really feel like it's hard to draw lines because they kind of coexist you know the enemy you give them a foothold through drugs and you deal with this stuff so often i'm sure of it because the nature of your ministry where you're at you know what 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 are some things that god's taught you along those lines how is that still just always a burden really hard so within my testimony I, i i tried to commit suicide i've talked to sal about this and so so gosh, seven years now, 2014, 2014, so seven years, I tried to hang myself. My dad found me in my closet hanging, called 911, all like, all this stuff. And so I'm the guy that, hey, this guy tried to kill himself. Go talk to Caesar. So those situations are probably the most nerve-wracking situation because mm-hmm. most of the time people have mental health issues. If I say one word wrong, mm-hmm. They might walk away from me and be like, so even this Christian dude hates me. Mm. Even though I, it was never my intention to mm. do that, wow. it was literally just to say, hey, God loves you. But they didn't want to hear that at that moment. They wanted me to say, hey, how you doing? Mm. You want to just talk? Because sometimes those are the most important. I, oh, I can probably say about 80 to 90% of people that, that think about committing suicide are just want somebody to notice that they're there. Mm. It, like... I don't know if you've ever gone to like a grocery store and said, oh, God bless you. And then you can like see someone's face change. They're like, yeah. oh, wow. Like I guarantee you that person, when their face changed, they were having the worst day of their life, mm. you know? And so when you walk around and you see all these people kind of like, like, you know, like they're kind of like, well, yeah, something's wrong with mm-hmm. them, you know, and you're not really sure. And you say hello to them. And then all of a sudden, like their day, like they're just like, oh, hey, you know, most of the time they're deep in their head. And, you know, and, and again, drugs don't help. You know, Mm. I I was just sharing last night that loneliness is a choice. Mm. We choose to be lonely. Mm. So when you're a drug addict, what do we do? Well, at least I know when I was an ex-drug addict, well, I'm an ex-drug addict, but when I was a drug addict, what did I want to do? I wanted to be by myself because nobody wants to, to hang around 
somebody that's miserable. Mm. And so you start to distance yourself and you start to pull away. And that's what the enemy does. We're designed for fellowship too. Mm. So we're designed to, to, to be with other people. But when the enemy interacts with you, you know, it, 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 it gets kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but with the whole mental health thing, especially today, nowadays, and trying to talk to somebody, it, there's a fine line mm. because sometimes people, a lot of people that have have mental health issues, they've gone to other churches and either don't talk about it mm. or they tell them they don't have enough faith. Mm. It's mm. usually those two answers. Wow. They don't get anything else. They either say, uh, uh, or, 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 you know, like, uh, uh, you, you got too many problems. You're, there's got to be something wrong with you. Yeah. Just go see a shrink. There's a demon behind Yeah, there's a demon behind it. it. Yeah. And, and, and or, or you know, if you haven't prayed hard enough, maybe you're not a Christian. Mm. You're like, what? Because like, you hear these things. I hear these things. I, I, For sure. I, I've had people come to me and tell me, like, man, am I even a Christian? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, well, man, I struggle with anxiety and depression. Mm. I was like, I struggle with that on a daily basis. <laughs> mm. Like, that. that's just being human yeah. you know that's just a normal sure. thing and so on those times when 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 they come up to me and i tell them i'm like look it whenever you you you're going through a struggle just call hmm. just call i was like I, i'll talk to you i was like that's usually what you all you need hmm. you don't need medication and all this stuff i remember coming out of the hospital after my suicide attempt and i so i was in the the I forget what the ward was called, but it was a specific ward. And I was sitting there and the doctor comes in and she goes, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And they're like, uh, can you go home? I'm like, sure. And they're like, all right, go home. And I, I'm not a Christian yet, mm-hmm. not a believer, not mentally stable. You know, I just tried to kill myself. And I looked at her and I went, this ain't right. Like that's all it takes, mm-hmm. you know? And and I went home and, and I went on a, on a drug run again and, and just lost in my mind and stuff like that. But I, all I wanted was somebody to talk to. Hmm. All I wanted was to, to like be noticed, not just, oh, you're just a drug addict. Why are you here? Get out of here. Hmm. You know, and, and I think on those times, people just want to be heard, yeah. especially in a time where people get their phone and that's all they're doing. Hmm. There's no interaction anymore. You know, I, you literally see people text each other. When they're in the same room, yeah, yeah. they're mm-hmm. like, hey, "I'm right here." Oh no, 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 no! What do you mean, no? I'm talk to me. I, I, I want interaction. Yeah, Again, mm-hmm. that's what we're created for. Yeah. Hmm. But I think it's important to to not judge people, to know that they're just normal people mm. with normal struggles that get overwhelmed and just want to talk. Yeah, you, you know what's interesting. Even if even if he was wilding out in some scenario that I could run up on him and be like, "Hey, dude, like, you know," because I know him on that level. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like created that, you know. Now, are there chemical imbalances? Sure, there are, dude. And is but I think that there's also there's also um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where they diagnose too quick, you mm-hmm. know, like mm. you know, right now the medical world. They're gangsters, bro. Like they make money off of, you know, getting people to continue coming back and it's very expensive, you know, pills and medication. And and uh, as long as you can keep needing it, you know, even if you have insurance, they're paying a top dollar. If you ever see the price on yeah. some of these things, you can't you, you'll be mm-hmm. shocked, dude, at how expensive you're, stuff you're is. You're better sick 
than dead or okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that there's, you know, I never want to go too far in any direction because I, I have known Christian doctors that are legit. I've known people that uh, I have a good buddy whose wife was crazy, like on the edge of just like, dude, that's just get away. And dude, when she got her, her things dialed in, you know, she was like off chemically and, and God's really worked through that physician. But there is a lot of misdiagnosis. I was diagnosed with ADD and given Ritalin as a kid. And my dad was like, hey, well, before you, he, you keep taking that or he keeps he starts taking this stuff, let me just try some exercises with them. And my dad literally taught me how to overcome my attention problems, mm-hmm. like through discipline, you know, and not discipline like beatings. I'm, I'm talking like like um, focus exercises. Now, whatever it is that I have that makes me have a hard time paying attention or staying, clearly what my dad taught me alongside with the Holy Spirit, I've learned, I've adapted to be able to, to I'm a communicator, bro. That's mm-hmm. I'm a conversationalist. That's what I do. But that was something that was very hard for me in certain stages of my life. And then I realized that certain things can be developed. My wife has anxiety and I never had anxiety. And... I remember spending time with her early in our marriage and like loving her enough to like ask her to explain to me and like what 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 brings that on or just watching her as we discussed or debated or argued got in arguments what brought things on and then it felt like I watched it long enough to understand it and here was the catch of that bro it felt like once I understood it it started happening to me mm. and initially I thought dude satan like it was contagious like but then as i kept taking to the lord i realized that actually the lord brought me to a place where i wasn't as selfishly existing i used to be so self-centered that i wasn't aware of what people were seeing or how they were looking at me or what i was what kind of um, impression I was leaving on a group of people. I didn't have those thoughts. I had just, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. It wasn't until I became one with my wife that I started noticing the way things affect people and penetrate them and do to them that I stopped just being s- such a like self-centered, my own mind, my own thoughts. In a weird way, I kind of opened myself to like, how that stuff could happen to me and has happened to me and i've dealt with things like that like anxiety and then um you mix that with pressure i was under a lot of pressure as a construction worker and um constantly teetering on the line between attack and defend you know Mm -hmm. like just with men like Mm -hmm. constantly just like like defending myself and and having to restrain from going on a physical attack mode because of the way the lines are being drawn and the way that things are being pressed. And I lived like that for years on the site and struggling with early things that we struggle with in marriage and stuff like that. So there wasn't, there was never an off switch. It was like fighting here, restraining, suppressing like here and just like nonstop. Mm -hmm. And then it was actually happening at the same time in ministry too with me. So there was this, this like, pressure cooker that was happening and when it blew i had like a weird meltdown that happened to me like it was a weird and i was like dude am i something i used to have a stable mind like now i'm like 
a mess. But I would have never known that as I went to the Lord, tears, you know, like, you know, when you go to the Lord broken, dude, when you go to him and you're just like, so please help me, God, like you, you find yourself at his feet and it's a very beautiful place to be. But the shocker was not, look what they did to me, Lord, look what they did, like save me was the Lord. Like I brought you here. Hmm. I did this. Hmm. That was like. And and I and I learned to trust him and love him in a deeper way in that chapter because I realized that I needed to be humbled. Like in order to fulfill the things that God's called me to do. And nothing will humble you more than inadequacy, bro. Like mm-hmm. like well, you know what you're not, you know, and I never thought that would happen to me because I always just was like confident, like you know, just knew what I had to do, knew what I wanted to do. And it was a it was a crazy thing to go through in life, but it's given me great compassion, patience, understanding. And these are the kind of relationships that we're building. But I asked you because you're constantly in that. So I I struggle with anxiety on, on an extreme level. Mm. Like there'd be nights where like I'll lay down and my like i'm tired as can be i can't move i'm wide awake all of a sudden like mm. sweaty palms like like freaked out mm-hmm. and i'm like what's wrong with me mm. like and and i'm like what's going on like and i'll start like i'll get up all of a sudden you think i'm like in catholic church i'll mm. get up get down get up get down mm-hmm. just back and forth back mm. and i'm like what's going on like and so in the and 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 for a long time i'd be like man something's wrong with me mm. like uh, i i gotta see a doctor you know like something's really seriously wrong with me and it would happen constantly 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 and so i i remember telling my wife i was like maybe i gotta go see a counselor or something mm. like maybe I, I gotta do something like you know and so uh i i i was like well you know what let's start let me like change my diet let me do some mm. things differently <laughs> like let me you know like cut out coffee at a certain time mm. and and so I started going to the gym really early in the morning. So by the time it's nighttime, I'm tired, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, but sometimes it still shows up, you know, and I'm like, man, Lord, this kind of isn't fair here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm doing a good job here. And then, but like you said, but God go, you know, I think about Paul when, about the thorn in the flesh, Mm -hmm. how he had to pray three times and God said, my grace is sufficient enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, God doesn't want to take that away from me. He wants me to remember that. When mm. I have those freaked out times, like I can't even control my own self. Mm. Yeah. I got to lean on him in those times, you know? And, and yeah, it's a struggle. Sometimes I'm like, ah, mm. like, you know, but mm. I can reach to those people that like, Hey man, I'm, I'm screwed up right now. I was like, yeah, so am I, let's do this together. Mm. You know, because we talk about in recovery, we're never alone. You know, you do work on your recovery by yourself, but you're never by yourself. You know, you always have, just like a Christian, you know, we're, 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 yeah, our salvation is our own, but we're still a body of believers together. We still encourage one another, lift each other up. And so I do, I I see people struggle on a daily basis and, and sometimes they defeat themselves and they leave. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes they just go, you know what, this isn't for me. And, and your heart breaks, you know, that was one thing I learned uh, Mm -hmm. when I first got involved in ministry, someone came up to us and said, this is going to be the greatest moments of your life. 
and they're like, it's going to be the hardest moments of your life. Even Sean McKeon said that too at a leadership conference. Mm-hmm. He said that. He goes, you will experience the greatest things you have ever experienced. He goes, but your heart will be broken. That's so true. Because <clears throat> you're going to get close to people and you're going to see their lives grow. You're going to get close to people and you're going to see their lives. They're going to turn back and fall apart. Mm. You know, and, and, and those are the hardest times. And, and you know, and, and it hurts. Uh, if, if, if there was ever a ministry that I got to choose, it wouldn't be this one, hmm. you know, but God called me to it. You know, the, I always tell people, I'm like, I was the sickest drug addict there was. There'd be a million dollars over here and then a hundred pounds of heroin over here. I'd be all over the heroin hmm. in seconds, you know, and, and I, I would, I probably, we, we have a, a, a chaplain at our church. He goes, I've shot up Learjets, you know, I, I've done so much drugs. I've spent so much money on drugs, you know, and. and God has a sense of humor that he would put me hmm. as a leader of a recovery ministry, you wow. know? Uh, only God does stuff like that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I see I see a connection between Mike dealing with people who are struggling with, with various struggles. I see a connection between that and between your both your lessons of what God showed you is sometimes we we think that we have the magic words to say to a person or if if i tell them step one step two step three they're gonna understand by knowledge and and change they're gonna figure it out and also with ourselves i'm gonna go to the gym early i'm gonna uh read five steps of, of psychology success so i can think clearly we're trying to use our flesh. We're trying to use man's ability to complete a task. And in both cases, even when you're dealing with, with someone who is just off base and they're not, uh, maybe you, you can notice something about a person that you want to be corrected. And you're like, man, like you think you need to be the one to correct it. But I think the first thing we need to do is, is pray and ask that God would, make that soil ready to receive. And then I know there's a, a place for encouragement, for correction and things like that, for sure. That's our whole ministry. Uh, but understanding that there has to be Jesus, that revelation that you're talking about, that is even in our life and somebody else's life, that's going to be the one to actually bear the fruit. So it it has to be that, that we're relying on the spirit and all these things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, there's also the beautiful element that God gave us that he works all things together for good. Mm. You know, sometimes I'll see the the heartbreaking lasting effects of people's poor decisions. Um, but God can work those things together for good. Um, you know, I never want to see a person marred by the scenario, but sometimes it happens. Sometimes what you did, what you were doing, what you did to your mind, what you did to your body, you are marred, Mm. you know. But the cool thing is the nature of ministry is that God doesn't need perfect vessels. Like, he he can do what he wants to do through you. And in a weird way, he can perpetuate the volume through through your scars. Like, Jesus chose to keep scars, Mm. you know, and... I think that some scars are physical. I have them. I have crazy stories in my life, you know. Some star- scars are emo- are are in inward, you know, in your spirit and in who you are or in your mind, 
you know, your the psyche, you know, and um, and I I would say that I carry those heavier than my physical scars. And I've got some sc- physical scars, you know, um, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to say to people that it's good. But what I am saying is that e- what the enemy intends for evil, God can make for good, you know, and and. That's what we surrender to as Christians. We don't surrender to the authorship beforehand because it's God's writing the story. So that's one of the things I've shared with Sal too, like a big a big um, mistake for young zealous Christians, pastors, teachers, is they're projecting of what God's doing. As soon as the door closes, they're just like, oh, and then it was crazy. We were trying to do this, but the door closed, and we realize now that it closed because he's going to do this. Mm. You don't know what God's going to do. Don't Don't speak too soon, like, you don't know. I've seen in my life this door closed, so this one can open, and then that closed. Well, these must have closed because this is going to open, and then those close. And then, well, that surely God's going to do this, and then it it's not happening. Mm. It's not happening. And and my only regrets in those seasons was speaking before God, telling people, "Oh, this was happening. That's because God's going to do this or going to do that." I don't know what God's going to do, but I know I could trust Him. I know I could trust His leading and guiding in my life and surrendering to what he's gonna do and sometimes the sheep dude look at look at abraham and his son dude like sometimes it goes all the way to the all the way to the, <laughs> the altar you know and to the knife being raised you know, you know? and so some, that's i've seen that in my life and yet i may see it more i one of the analogies often comes up that i say is when people talk about deep water I bring that up all the time because I talk to young men all the time. Like, yeah, you know, I'm looking at a 25-year-old kid, and he's like, you know, I I used to struggle with this. I remember being made fun of in school. But then, you know, God brought me to deep water. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, everybody feels like they're in deep water when they're in deeper water than they were, Hmm. you know? And I I admit that even now— there there there's deeper water i don't <laughs> i don't i haven't seen it all yep. you know you haven't seen it all mm-hmm. all i know is this is that when i was knee deep i thought i was in deep water compared to ankle deep and when i was neck deep i thought i was really in deep water and then i found myself in a place where i couldn't even see the shore and i'm like this is deep water but i don't but then the storm starts coming you know you don't know don't don't stand in the position of like i've been there done that stand in the position of i know what god's done in my life i know mm-hmm. i know what he i hear his voice i know where he's leading me you know and that's what i want to see what i want to grow from i want more conversation you know because there, there there's layers of what y- you've given me you've put the hors d'oeuvre platter in front of me about some of the things you deal with, but there's layers to that stuff, you know? And, and there is, there's also the thing that all of us deal with. We, we, we dance on the politics of ministry, Mm. you know, like it's hard. It it is hard because there are things that are true that you won't say, you know, there are things that, you know, the Lord presses on your heart and you're like, and you have to, I always encourage people, write those things down on your own and God let God be teaching you instead of think you have to go and correct that guy or change that guy. But we also need to be open and ready to the movement of God in our life, dude. Like one of the hardest things in ministry to do is to know when it's time to go. And that's scary. That's one of the scariest things I've done yet. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know that like doing this church starting like some, you, 
especially when God's using your life and you're somewhere and you're like, ah, oh, this is, I'm here, you know. But when it starts, when the Lord starts moving, it's so, it's so, we have to live by faith, you know. Yeah. I was thinking about the, you were talking about deep water and we always talk about in, uh, in our recovery or, but it works. A lot of the things I say work for recovery, but they work as a Christian too. So, you know, you get into the, we talk about the onion, right? Mm. When you, you know, when you peel an onion, it all, you always have to peel it mm-hmm. and peel it and it keeps peeling. Sure, there's layers. But, but there's layers, right? But each layer, when you get into an onion, it makes you cry. Yeah. Like it, it gets you, right? Yeah. So when you get to these certain layers, like you yeah. think like, man, I've never been this deep. And then you're like, man, this sucks. Mm. And, you know, yeah. and then you like peel it again. You're like, oh man. Hmm. And it gets tougher and tougher. And then, but it, but you ever notice on an onion, the, the layers get thicker as it gets closer. Mm. So it kind of takes a little more oh, more yeah. effort. You know, it's a, at the beginning, you can kind of just flake the outside and yeah. you can peel it, kind of get it started. But when you get to the middle, you kind of got to fight a little bit, mm. right? Because yeah. by then your eyes are just swollen from the onion already. And then mm. you're like fighting it. Well, same with a lot of the things we go through in our lives. You know, mm. we think like, oh, this is the deepest I've ever been. I've never had to fight this hard. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, wait, maybe I do. I got to fight a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And then you keep going at it back and forth until you get to the middle and you're like, oh, I made it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I did it. And then there's another one. And you're like, man, I got I got more. I got a lot of stuff to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, because it never ends, mm-hmm. right? I mean, especially with ministry, because now I'm sure you've noticed, We, I mean, you've shared a little bit, people bring their onions to you, Yeah, uh-huh, you yeah. know, they're like, Hey, can you deal with this? I got this problem. And you're like, you're like, huh? <laughs> like, trying to see it? You're like, where is it at? And you're like, Oh man. And you start to give them like that counseling, right? You start to show them. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, this guy knows what to do. They're like, here, here, you're all of a sudden you're like, the just onion guy reaching yeah. around, <laughs> you're like, right. You're like, man. And, and I think in those times, God really develops us mm. because, you know, the deeper we do get, it might seem deeper, but I think that's the time when we rely more right. on, on the Lord. You know, yeah. you're like, mm. I've never been this deep. Oh, you haven't? Yeah. Push him over. <laughs> yeah. Go a little bit farther then, you know? There's that verse in Jeremiah that reminds me, it's, uh, if you can't contend with the footmen, how are you going to run with the horses? Mm-hmm. And it's true, I think, about... Uh, when I got into ministry at Golden Springs on staff there, right away, like within the first few months, one of the, the pastors there asked me, he said, hey, so how you doing? And I was like, good. Like, I was like, I learned real quick though that ministry is definitely not as glorious I thought, as I thought it was gonna be. Hmm. And it's a lot deeper than I thought it was gonna be. And it's like deeper in the conviction, deeper in the awareness of, of who I was at that time, of, of the, who I just a sinner that I was and and having to face those realities. And then on top of that, I was thinking that joining ministry, like I'd be floating on clouds walking around through like the hallways and just people would be also floating on clouds. And that wasn't the case at all. Um, and I think about what guys like your pastor struggles with guys like Raw Reese struggle with like as far as like the the lessons the trials the testing that they have to go through because mm-hmm. God's still testing them mm-hmm. he still puts them through through faith trials and and I'm like man I'm thinking like dude this is this is tough what I'm going through right now like dude what are the tests that they're taking and it's like dude I uh, we're we're not there <laughs> you're I not heard, yet I heard a pastor say he goes 
he goes the trials i go he goes he goes i go through things all the time mm-hmm. he goes but my things that i go through he goes are much different than what my congregation goes through he goes i got to go through the burden of of a loved one lost that's not even my loved one mm. i have to do a funeral for for someone's loved one that died too young he goes i got to carry everyone's burden because they bring them to me mm. and he goes and i have to carry them and let them know that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes, that's the burden I carry. And he goes, I get weary. He goes, that's the, he goes, that's the, my struggle. He goes, I get weary because all he goes, my church brings me everything that, that, that they're struggling with. And he goes, I struggle with my own struggles. Now I got to carry everyone else's burden mm-hmm. and encourage them and share to them that, look, you're going to make it through it. Like we're going to get through it together, mm-hmm. and, you know? And, and so, you know, I and I and I think like, man, what a what a powerful thing to know that like, that's a good leader. Mm. You know, we you know I, I'm sure I'm sure every good pastor is willing to do that for his flock. You know, like, hey, I'll ride alongside you. You know, in your struggle. You know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna weep with you. I'm gonna mourn with you. I'm, but I'm gonna be joyous with you. Mm. You know, I'm gonna you know we're we're all together, and 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 I always think about that. I'm like, man. What a what a struggle that mm. would be to to have like I think about Royal Reese because that's a big church and I'm like wow what a his like you said his his struggles are probably and on top of that he's overseeing now his whole county of churches he's like overseeing I think like maybe because even South America too oh, they're, yeah. they're looking at him and man it's, it's just those those trials um, there was one thing I, that you mentioned. Um, it'll come back to me. But so yeah, I was thinking of earlier how uh-huh. you said that uh, we uh, sometimes we think that there's like a one answer, a one mm-hmm. answer to all. I remember hearing a missionary and he mm-hmm. he had gone to Africa. He like he lives out in Africa now, but he had it was the first time he ever went right, and he was like, I'm gonna give this great message about about David, right? And he goes into this this church and everybody's there, and he goes. And he's telling him about the lion and the bear and how he killed him with his bare hands. And he goes, has anyone ever had to fight a lion with their bare hands? And they all go, they all raise their hand. And he goes, oh, no. <laughs> so much for that. And he was like, he's like, wait a minute. He goes, and because he was like, this worked over here. Uh-huh. But it doesn't work yeah. over here where people really kill yeah. lions with their bare hands. Yeah. You know, and, and it, he says that moment is when he realized that that. God was doing a work in him mm. that he, he, he can't be a one trick pony anymore. Yeah. You know, like every, every different, every person has a different need. Yeah. And, and he, and he said it humbled him and that's when he knew he was called yeah. to, to Africa. I that, was reminded. No, no, no. I was reminded of Angel real quick. Yeah. That's uh, who I was thinking of. <laughs> oddly enough, go ahead. Uh, Cause on, at the conference, one thing he shared that was an illustration that La- Pastor Larry gave him that I was like, whoa, was, the hardest job of all the people involved in a marriage and a wedding ceremony, the person who has the hardest job is the father of the bride. Mm. And he was like, cause that father has to give his precious daughter to some schmuck who's just, you know, making low wages and saying he's got a dream and a dollar to go take his daughter <laughs> away, you know, to go do something. And he has the hardest position cause he has to trust that, the, that who at the, groom is gonna you know do a good job and in that same kind of illustration 
God, the father has entrusted us with his bride. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, as leaders, that was a good, we have a responsibility to, to care for the sheep and to know the condition of our flock and to know that where, what their struggles are and to be able to embrace and, and weep with those who are weeping over, have joy with those who are joyful. And, and that's something that I'm, I'm learning for sure. What were you going to say? Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that I was thinking about him, um, you know, I, I was actually, I was thinking about how different we are than each other and how different um, Angel is and just the different guys that come to mind. And I and I, I long for fellowship with them because, you know, humility, we were talking about one-trick ponies and we kind of all are in a weird way, you know, because we only have our little mind mixed with the Holy Spirit and if you're humble enough when you're sitting across from somebody you can look at them and learn from them you could just learn because they're different you know and their mind works a little different and and you can grow from that and I love that you know I love I love how how different these guys are and I I really really have a strong desire to create a a union like a you know, to bring, to keep this going, you know, these conversations. And, you know, I see like in the future as the callings continue to refine themselves, you know, because you'll see some that their churches are going to grow in numbers, but others, their church will grow differently. And there's just different places that we're all leading, being led. Like your pastor's not going to be around forever. It's the bottom line, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot of my brothers over at Golden Springs, Rawls constantly telling them like, my seasons, this is like, you better start thinking, you better start hearing the voice of God. Like, and so uh, there's an overall agreeable awareness of where we are, you know? And it's just, my heart stirs within me that we, we need that fellowship. We, we need it. And we need to not just grow fellowship with just like, oh, this is the guy standing next to me. Like we need to reach to leaders who God has, they're different than you and they're unique and there's things you could learn from them and be reminded of when you're talking to them, you know, um, in, in Christianity, we don't have like in hip hop culture, you have like, who's next, like, who's the main guy going to be. But in Christianity, we don't have that because where one seems to be a giant, he's just a giant in that way. You know, he, his fellowship with another giant who you never even will see is, is detrimental to mm-hmm. him, you know? And so we need to humble ourselves to realize how small we are, but we also need to embrace how big we are in people's lives, you know, with the uniqueness of what God does in our life and through our life and not run from that. And, and back to the analogy of, of the bride and, and the groom, you know, and us taking care of the church you know, that's been entrusted to us. I I think the smartest thing that we could do is to not put more on the shoulders than needs to be there. Sometimes when you look at that analogy, you're just like, oh, I need just, but a Christian needs to say, that's exactly why we have more Jesus mm. in the ingredient, more Jesus in the center. Like, more of all of us looking at Jesus as the example 
there's there's things that that are not different they can't be different within denominations or different groups and that is we must have the revelation of god's word we must have continual revelation of christ and when i say that that is not us learning new things about jesus that's us diving deeper to what's already there mm-hmm. but there is more that's there when christians spend time with christ they realize more things about christ that they didn't know before so we must have continual revelation of the word of god and when i say that i believe that that's like you don't just pick your favorite pastor who knows all this uh, uh, a crap load of stuff about the bible you know you pick you pick you don't pick a person you you focus on revelation of god's word so it isn't just finding the guy who knows the most and following him it's positioning yourself where you're constantly hearing you're seeing unfolding in the word of god Hmm. you know that's what a pastor needs he doesn't need to stop when he's running dry and say man i'm gonna start listening to so-and-so a little more i'm gonna start i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna um change it up a little bit start listening to this kind of denominational pastor and just pick out what's good or whatever no he doesn't need that dude he he needs revelation of the word of god he needs God to show, reveal to him more things. He needs to turn a page and see something he never saw before. Mm. You know, that's what he needs. He needs more revelation of Christ, and he needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. He needs to be in tune with the voice of God that is not an emotion, how he feels, what makes him happy is like an impression of, upon him that isn't from him. Mm. That's what always trips me out about charismatic people or people that seem to be hyper-spiritual, we always say, but really, I don't see hyper-spirituality. In reality, if I'm defining it, I just see people that are unaware of the difference between something that's coming from them and coming from God. Mm-hmm. They're thirsty for it. They like, They get excited when people are crying. They get excited when people are laughing. They get excited, and but that's from them. The source is you, and what does the Bible say about our hearts, mm-hmm. right? So that's, we can't, that's not to be trusted. But more Holy Spirit is the source that is not from us. You know, it is God impressing upon us, and it is rarely something that we enjoy. In fact, oftentimes it's something that feels scary. Mm. It feels, it feels like you're stepping out on a ledge, but you're doing it in obedience because you know you've in tuned yourself with the voice of God. And so, whenever I'm looking at these guys, you know, th- this next generation, it's like, dude, you must hear new things from the Word. You must realize new things about Christ, and you need to have the Holy Spirit mm. in you. You know, and if we keep cultivating that, then we're not putting too much on our shoulders. Because really, are you going to put yourself in a place where you're trying to shoot, you, you know, trying to shoot targets next to John MacArthur and say that you know more <laughs> than him? You know, you know, you oh, you studied the Bible longer oh, than man. him, or or Chuck Smith. You know, do you know the Bible more than Chuck Smith does? No. So then, are you really, are you really equipped to be able to lead people? And the mm-hmm. answer starts getting intimidating. And the reality is, dude, all of us are vapors. There's no hero. There's no guy that's like the one who knew it all. They're simply men who God's working through. Mm. And that's what we need. And yeah. that's what we need to do, you know? Man, that excites me. Because uh, I, I was getting convicted about that very topic. Because uh, Caesar is the TA for David Zunza right now, which I got to <laughs> graciously. So you guys have been him. sitting with each other yeah. a little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm going to so. go sneak in the class and act like, <laughs> act like I'm a student. <laughs> Um, and, uh, pray for David Zunza. He has COVID right now and pneumonia. Mm-hmm. So he's battling it. He's doing good. I talked to him on the phone a couple of times. Um, and he sounds in good spirits. 
Uh, but he asked me to sub for his class and I had a, even, I didn't give him a right away answer of yes. I was mm-hmm. like, let me, let me give me a, a day, half a day to pray about it, Dave. And, um, at the end of that, uh, I was like, okay, like I felt the Lord leading in me, leading me in that. Um, I believe that was what the Lord is leading me in. So I was the, all of a sudden like, okay, Dave, like looking, asking for his notes, because I'm going to go through his notes. But at the same time, I really felt like in some messages that I was listening to in my own study with, with the men, the message was constantly not, and you talked about it, not mimicking and not trying to be someone else and just saying that, okay, God, I need you personally to speak to me mm. on this topic of what we're I'm going to be teaching or teach, which is, which is great because it's, a, it's, it's a Bible uh, book, which is Timothy, first Timothy, second Timothy. Um, so then I could really just like, I do my Bible study, kind of go through it mm. and that, but it's a struggle because like I felt like okay here's um, Dave who's like this giant and mm-hmm. you know as a professor as a pastor and he's like giving me like his armor and I feel like David like I have not used your armor before <laughs> <laughs> to Saul you know like because, uh, because David's <laughs> <I'm> British <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's for the uh, his voice is that way yeah. in my head too, by the way just, just admitting it and uh, I'm just like I'm but I I want to be you know uh, faithful to doing Dave's class justice mm-hmm. of giving them what they want sure. or what what Dave intends for them to get i should say and also to making sure that i am allowing for the holy spirit to work in me and through the class so i I think that's so important as as teachers as someone even if you're giving a little devotion is asking okay god what what is it for me in here Mm. you know i I think about the uh we had a, a marriage retreat and one of the speakers had shared he goes we're given a wife right mm. every man's given a wife and he goes god gives us this wife so we have to make sure she's better than what he gave her yeah we return, time, we return we return her. her better than how we got her right well, the same goes for anybody that comes into our lives uh. right but when they pass through our life whether we see them for a day of one conversation we know him for our whole life. I hope that I make their life a lot better than when I first met mm-hmm. them. You know, I hope they, they get encouraged in the, in the things that, that I say to them. Mm-hmm. Don't speak death into them, but speak life into them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's dope. And I, and I think about what Angel had said. He had talked about how how leadership should be uh, inspirational. It should remember how he shared about Jonathan and his armor bearer. And he goes, Look, we're going to go kill these guys. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Mm. You know, and then I, I thought about Nehemiah mm. when he goes to see the walls and he doesn't tell anybody why he goes. He's like, well, I'm just going to go check it out. And he goes, and then he sees everything and he goes, you know, what? we're going to rebuild this place. He goes, this is what's going to happen. And the Lord's going to be with us. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, all right, let's do it. You know, and I think that's key to 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 any kind of leadership to, as a pastor or whatever it may be, because we we do we want to inspire them. We want them to like know, because I'm sure if David never inspired you, you'd be like, mm, I'll pray about it, and you know, give the Christian, I'll pray about yeah. it, and then not really do mm-hmm. it. Be like, Nah, it wasn't for me. You know, but so, since he inspired you, he's such a good leader in mm-hmm. that sense that that you're like, you know what, I'm gonna pray about it. Give me a sec, like. 
you know, I know you were going through a lot that day. So yeah. you're like, you know what? <laughs> this is the Lord, you know, like I'm going to do this, you know, like mm-hmm. this is a good guidance. You yeah. know, there's something beautiful about being honest as a servant of the Lord and being confident in what God has made you to do because you then remove the fear of doing something and failing. And the reason why is because you want to fail as a servant of God in the areas that you don't belong. Like I want somebody to be able to see like, okay, that's not Mikey. And that way I could continue to do what is me. But in the world we're taught to lie. You know, it's kind of like I was an actor before. I'm not an actor anymore, but I was an actor and I had a really great drama teacher and she taught me character acting and she said, make your character honest enough to where if you walked out, if you walked out on a stage and then you accidentally tripped and fall, fell, we would get to see how that character responds to tripping and falling. We wouldn't see you break character and now all of a sudden, oh shoot, dang it, and you're lost and now you're trying to regain who you were. You, you, you've made the character honest enough to whatever comes upon him. If like a ceiling tile fell in the middle of your set, it's that character reacting to that. Now, there's a way that that applies and a way it doesn't apply. Obviously, in acting, you're becoming somebody that you aren't. But when you're a Christian, the way that it applies is when you're called and you're a teacher and this is who you are and you get put into a scenario, you don't have to pretend you're something else. You just are who you are. Mm-hmm. And the way that this character, this servant of the Lord, this, this um, vehicle that is intended and capable of certain things, the way it, it works in this environment is, is not something you need to pretend. Mm-hmm. It is what you are. Mm-hmm. It is what you're doing. It is what you're, you're trying to do. One of the greatest blessings that I have is being able to have Sal before he had to unlearn things, right? Like when I meet guys that uh, didn't realize that they've been mimicking, they didn't realize that they've been acting as their favorite pastor or as their pastor is now they've got comfortable becoming somebody else. And this is what I'm going to say is going to sound really strange, but it's true. Sometimes people are better at being someone else than themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and so they, they've gotten comfortable mimicking something that's not really who they are. And they, they've climbed to a wall. They've, 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 rose they've swam up to a a border that they'll never get past and that border is whoever they're acting like that person is literally going to be able to be themselves better than you're going to be able to be them you've hit a wall this is the closest you'll get to sounding like your favorite pastor your favorite teacher your favorite whoever and when you get a hold of somebody in that state you have to help them to unlearn and then you tell them no this is who this is who you are and they're like that's not as successful as as this. Well, because you developed something that was never yours, and you got comfortable with it. It's not really who you are. Mm-hmm. So you're more you're better at being who you're not than you are who you really are. But if you stop, if you humble yourself, and become who God made you to be, guess what? Everybody that thinks that this is the standard is going to start bashing you, maybe, or be like, "Oh man, that guy's up to something weird. Or, I don't know where he's been. Or, I don't know what he's doing." But but if you are who God made you to be, when you start climbing you don't hit the wall Hmm. because you're being who you are in christ 
And that's the beauty of meeting young guys, like, and being able to be in their life, like, and encourage them because you don't want them to be something they're not. You want to encourage them to be what God made them to be. And as they begin growing, even if they feel like they suck or they find themselves in a scenario where, man, uh, uh, a MacArthur would have killed it here. I won't. Uh, uh, whoever. I keep bringing up MacArthur. I, I don't even listen to John MacArthur. I'm not saying anything <laughs> negative about him. I'm just saying he's he's an accolade that a lot of right. people say is like, this guy is super yeah. amazing or whatever. But, but you will always be a poor man's version. You heard me say mm -hmm. this, you know, of, of somebody else. But you will be who God made you to be when you just that. So when I get thrown into a scenario that's like not my thing i just walk into it if it sucks that's fine i'm not i'm not a salesman for myself mm -hmm. like i'm gonna do the best i can and people are gonna see like wow that's we ever wondered what happens if you throw you know a a, a bird in a whatever in mm -hmm. pond or what happens if you put you know, we kids we did it right you put the wasp you catch the wasp and you put them with the spider you know and you're putting them in these weird environments they don't belong but I'm down with that as a Christian, as long as I don't try to start living with the anxiety of trying to be mm. something I'm not. I'm just going to go in there and let them see that, yeah, you probably shouldn't put Mikey in that scenario. You know what I mean? <laughs> or I may find that I thrive shockingly or find that I learned something. Like I'm in this setting. I'm like, wow, that's a developed skill that I never had because God put me there. And even though I'm probably never going to become that fully, I, I, I learned something to actually take home with me and like I... I use that uh, the the notes um the ability to speak without notes uh, I'm about notes by the way 100% but when you're at a coffee house with a stranger and they start asking questions you don't always get to pull a notepad out mm -hmm. you also need to be able to some people excel better this way some people excel better that way and some of us are natural storytellers some people are just naturally um drawing like there's just something about them that everybody gravitates towards you can't try to have that some people have that some people are information based like they're just a well of information some people retain stuff like like facts like numbers are always there and you're like dang i was like i remember that or some people do amazing at remembering exactly where locations are of things that are talking about in the bible and you know I w there was a time when i was like yeah that's the way it's supposed to be but then you're looking at Jesus and he's quoting the Old Testament. He's not like it says in Exodus, you know, mm -hmm. it said he's like, he's like, you've heard it said, you know, you've heard it said this. And so I, I've seen that, too. And, you know, all, all in all. I want I need to be mm -hmm. encouraged and I want to encourage you guys to be who God made you to be because it's dope. It's super good, like with what it is, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm super excited that we've become friends. Yeah. What's what's interesting is I'll put myself on blast a little bit and keep me in prayer because I felt like I, after I taught uh, this past Monday, me and Lisa were driving home and I was like, well, I hope I don't have to teach again because I gave them everything that I know. All the little nuggets that I had got while sitting under Dave and that I had like kind of like compressed and like came up with my own thoughts on, like I felt like. I gave that that was it that was the class like I gave them everything that like I thought Dave had taught me <laughs> you know that I'm sure the, there, that was I'm the sure there's more it was all but it was the full tank <laughs> 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 so I was like so next now I'm like okay Lord it's gonna definitely be um it has to be God yeah now. <laughs> Ch <laughs> Chuck know? Smith had this really cool story about um his set sermons like when he was part of Foursquare mm. 
Uh, you guys probably know the story, but he, you know, he had enough to do. Was it two years? About yeah, yeah. yeah I think he years. said he had enough sermons to teach somewhere for two years, and he felt like, dude, I could. That's a lot of sermons, and mm-hmm. that is a lot of sermons. Mm-hmm. Like two years straight, but he would always run out mm-hmm. at the end of two years. He'd have to leave, and people don't really know that. A lot of people don't know that about him. He was like jumping mm-hmm. early in his life all over the place. That, you know, Chuck Smith was in his fifties when he when he started Calvary Chapel movement. How crazy is that? Yeah, before yeah, that he, he like did Arizona, yeah. Corona. He did like uh, Billy Graham style Stuff. with him and his yeah. brother. They were going out to uh, what's that evan- big evangelism like crusade events. style, yeah. Crusade. yeah. Yeah, and 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 here you look at <laughs> how crazy is that, right? Like, there's a man who kind of had to unlearn mm. and become who God made him to be. Mm. And I think I think that's important to hear that story too, because you said it was like in his fifties. I think some people come into ministry and expect big results right off the bat. Like, hey, I'm in it 100 miles an hour. And I'm going to get 100 percent results. And sometimes you just go and yep, you're like, nope. This isn't happening like I expected, you know, mm-hmm. and the Lord's like, because I'm working on you first. Mm-hmm. You know, you wanted to go f- full force. And he's like, no, this is we're going to go a couple miles an hour. Mm-hmm. We're just going to cruise through. Man, mm-hmm. isn't that true, dude? And, and you know, that's that's that anxiety to overcome. Like, th- like every time I used to have this thing, and I think it was birthed in a good place. I used to always tell myself. Every time I teach, I teach like it's my last opportunity. And I still do. I still do that. But I also what I what I will leave behind that I also acquired because of that was this is my only chance to like bring it. And I was so afraid of not killing it that it would bring forth a self-consciousness in me. And later I started to realize like it was only through humility and being on the floor that I started to really believe that God didn't need me. And it was then that I was able to be free of like, I'm not afraid to be disapproved of not because of pride reason, but because of the opposite. Actually, in my case, it was pride that was making me afraid to not be accepted. You know, because I needed to look good. I needed to make sure everybody there knew I was solid, you know. Mm. And later on, I would develop, like, focus more on being what God made me to be and being honest so that people can say, yeah, I'm probably not going to use that guy, you know, because I don't want to be where I don't, where God hasn't made me to be. Mm -hmm. But yet when we're young in the Lord, we want to be everywhere. We want to be anywhere that God allows us to be, you know, and so we want to be accepted and successful at everything, you know, and mm-hmm. it's better to be honest and be small. I dude, God doesn't need any of us anyways. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need any one of us three to accomplish his goals and what he needs to be done. We're privileged to have a calling in our life, you know, and simple as that, bro. And, and that being said, I'm still correctable. Like, it's not like, no, this is me. This is who I am. It's like, dude, I'm open for anybody coming along and being like, yeah, bro, you probably shouldn't have. Like nine times out of ten, I'm going to look at it and be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. When before it was the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. But now I do feel like I could look at I could look at an assessment and be like, yeah, probably, probably not. Probably wouldn't do that exactly that I, way. I, I think it's important to know your calling. Like mm-hmm. you said, like you've shared that a lot because I think about, uh, I think David Rosales shared, he said that, 
a guy he had never seen came into his church and I guess it was before they have the building they have now and he was it was after the service and the guy is talking to him he goes yeah God called me to be a pastor and he's like yeah he goes I know that's the calling I have God's gonna do a work he wants me to be part of your your ministry and he said the whole time he was telling him this David Rosales was fixing the chairs because they were gonna have a service again or mm-hmm. whatever and he goes the whole time the guy didn't move one chair mm-hmm. and he goes he goes he wasn't called to be a pastor mm-hmm. he goes he can't even adjust a chair he couldn't he couldn't even begin serving he couldn't see he couldn't yeah. even see that that yeah. there was the a task need at already. hand yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he goes so i mean he was like it disqualified him and he and he goes it might have sounded harsh but it might sound harsh he goes but that's the reality mm-hmm. you know if someone i, I remember <clears throat> going into our church one day and a lady was trying to uh she's like does like the wedding planning at her church and stuff and so she she was gathering all this stuff and all these guys were just watching her and i and i had just walked in and i'm like hey guys They're like what i was like never mind and then so i i went and gave her a hand and she's like thanks she goes mm-hmm. they've just been staring at me for the past oh, 10 she minutes too. yeah and, and mm-hmm. s- people notice yeah. people see those things and so i after i i helped her got all her stuff <laughs> and took it outside and came back in i was like guys i was like i'm not trying to be rude i was like but if there's a lady that needs help it's better to help than to watch that's crazy that you say that when me and sal when we were speaking at your church like it was in my heart like dude let's get out there early like that way we're not like that's the one thing that's a maturity thing i'll admit like that i'm not saying that's just my tendency like I've learned, like, if you're going to go be somewhere, like, just be there crazy early. Mm-hmm. Like, it's better to just be like, we don't even know what to do with our time than the opposite, you know? But when we got there, we got coffee. And then we after we got coffee, before we got to your church, we went and got coffee mm-hmm. together. And then and then when we got there, we were sitting in the parking lot. And it was almost awkward. Like, ooh, we're here. Like, nobody knows. We don't know what to do, really, mm-hmm. with ourselves. Um but it was so it's such a good feeling to be like okay well let's go ask if they need help like you know and i'm not tooting the horn by any means but me and him were together that's what's so cool about it is we walk up and we're like hey if there's anything we could do to help you know but we quickly realized the team had it i mean you guys mm-hmm. had a solid thing going there was no chairs to be set up or nothing like that so then we just sat we sat and we we listened to them warm up worship you know, we, we, we ran into you, then we got mm-hmm. the tour, you know, and and so it was there was a, a beautiful feeling of just being available and ready and there and having a purposeful heart that we're here to serve. So if we're here to serve with the word, we're here to serve also to set up or anything like that. And I'm not you know, I'm I'm saying these things as encouragement for other people, like to keep that in mind. If you say that, like, like in likeness of what you were sharing, if you say that you're called to be a pastor, you're called to serve people. That's what your calling is. Like, mm. you're called to serve them. Like, servant of all. When you're standing at a pulpit, lowest place you could stand. Yeah. Well, I think mm. about what Sal had shared. He goes, when, when he got onto staff, he thought everybody was going to be floating on clouds, you know? And I think uh, that's the big misconception of, of any church leader. You know, I always think like the hardest thing in leadership is rebuking somebody, mm-hmm. correcting somebody, because it's not like it's hard. You know, like, man, this brother might not like me. You know, they, they might not like what I have to say. They might mm-hmm. not even come to my church anymore. That is super hard. You know, and so you but you got to say, like, you know what? The Lord's going to take. I remember a guy had come to our recovery ministry wasted. Mm. And that's not a big deal. 
we're here to help you. Mm-hmm. But he led worship. Oh. He was the one who was leading worship. And he came just gone. And, and it was him and someone else, and they're playing. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know if anybody knows who Cliff Burton is, hmm. the bass player for old bass player from Metallica. He that okay. died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so all of a sudden, because that's what he played was bass, uh-huh. he was just like getting all crazy. And I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like looking at him, and I'm like, is he all right? And so after it was all said and done, he sat down, and uh, I go next to him, and I'm, I can just smell him. Mm. And I was like, oh, man. So I, I I let him stay for the for the rest, and I was like, oh, Lord, I got to pray because when next week I got to talk to him, you know, I was like, and, and it hurt, it hurt, you know. Yeah. I was like, man, this is going to be a tough time. And so I prayed and prayed. I was like, all right, Lord, give me the words I need to tell him and everything like that. And then he never showed up. Mm-hmm. And he never came again. And, and but, hmm. but, but those times where you think like, oh, leadership's so great, it's gonna be so easy. Hmm. And but they don't tell you about that part. They don't hmm. tell you about the 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 part that gets hard, where you have to tell people like, hey, that ain't right, or you're not doing, you know, the hey, the the thing you're the the way you're living, it, 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 you shouldn't be living like that, you know. Hmm. We had we had a there's a couple that. You know, when they're not married, but they're living together. Yeah, oh, our our so life is so terrible. It's it's falling apart. I pray and uh, and <laughs> we come to church all the time. Uh, is that your husband? No, no, we're just dating. Mm. You guys live together? Yeah, we have like three kids together. So well, start there. Yeah, mm-hmm. start there. I, I was like, you could do everything that you said you're doing. I was like, but if you're living in sin, mm-hmm. uh, it's pointless. Yeah, yeah. That mm. a lot of that boils back to. Um, what's helped me with those things is um, our definition of help. Mm-hmm. You know, like what does it mean to help somebody? You know, when when a friend has, I always break it down with something as simple as like a booger in someone's nose, <laughs> right? Like strangers don't say nothing ever. If they do, that's a good friend. Mm-hmm. If they're like, "Hey, bro, like, real quick," you know. And but if they're if they're a friend, they got you. They're like, you know what I mean. But but that was uncomfortable. Like that was uncomfortable to bring up, you know. And and it, it's such a, a crazy example because it's also harder to bring up when somebody's elevated above you. If it's like a leader, if it's like a man you respect, you're like. You know, just just don't look at the booger on his nose. You know what I mean? Like, just because that's, I'm not going to go up to mm. him and tell him. But the truth is, that's your own hang up. You'd be doing him a better service if you told him. Mm-hmm. If you were like, hey, real quick, you know. And and it's it's so crazy, man, like how that, that, that stupid little analogy applies when we're looking at mm-hmm. people. It's like, you're, you see what's wrong. And if you're sitting here worried about their feelings, you're like, man, this guy's not going to like me no more, or even worse, yourself. Now I'm I'm not going to be liked as much, right? You see all the motives right there, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like if we can reset our minds to tell ourselves truth, the truth of this person's scenario is going to help them, not the pacification, not the pacifying of their of their situation. You know, 
I, I struggle with that all the time because I think I'm a natural diplomat. I want to make people be like, that's all good. Like, I want to do that naturally, but it's not all good. Hmm. You know, it's not all good. I heard, I heard a pastor sh- say, actually, uh, our worship leader, actually not not a pastor, but our worship leader, he goes, he said his uncle, he goes, if if my wife was cheating on me, would you tell me? Mm. He goes, if your aunt was cheating on me, would you tell me? And he goes, and he goes, why can't you answer? He goes, well, I'm kind of torn. He goes, he goes, because if I tell you, would you believe me? Mm. He goes, but if I didn't tell you, it would eat at my heart. And he goes, I'd rather you tell me and I not believe you. And then the truth be told, because later on when the truth be told, I know that you were a good brother to me and you cared a lot. You cared about my well-being even though you knew it was going to hurt my feelings and even though you knew that i might not believe it he goes at least that you told you're, the truth, you told the truth mm-hmm. that the honesty was your your heart was true you know yep. and, and mm-hmm. c- but he was like frozen because <laughs> so how, huh? how do you answer that question yeah well uh like yep. yeah i would tell you but i'm not going to believe you okay so i'm not going to tell you so you're going to be a liar you know like it's kind of a tough position but but as leaders we got to tell them Mm. You know, we got to tell them, even if it's going to hurt, even yep. if they're not going to believe us. It's hmm. one of one of those things. Wow. I, I'm curious, is there for you guys like a line, as I'm thinking about that, mm. between you got a guy like Joshua sees Moses striking the rock and it's just like, ah, Moses, you know? Between that, how do we how do we draw the line between being the right-hand man and also being true to conviction, you know, and, and knowing what to sp- say, what to speak, and how to do it. You gotta be, you gotta be in tune with the voice of God in mm. your life, because those are not end all. Those are not. You can't give a uh, one plus one equals two on those. Mm. And 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 here's the reason why: because um, humility allows you to know that you're nobody. But it also allows you to be obedient when God says, "Say this, hmm. regardless of who it is." Right? Well, who was, was it? Samuel, when he, when he heard the voice of God to Eli. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And he was laying there, and then, and then Eli was like, "Well, what did he say?" He was like, oh, "You really don't. Right. I, I'm gonna, you're not <laughs> exactly. gonna like it, but yeah. I'm gonna tell you." But notice in that scenario, you know, Eli asked him, and and also Samuel was being instructed by the Lord mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what to do, right? And one of the things that I always like, because what he's bringing up is a good example of like when you see a pastor of a church. First of all, one thing that's 100% clear is not telling other people, mm-hmm. right? So, like, when someone sees a pastor doing something, nine times out of 10, they're like, Have you ever noticed that pastor? So, like, already they're off, dude. They're already messing up. They may just be immature. They may not know it, but they're, but they're messing up. Second is, Lord, is this something that applies to like, is it, is you need the discernment and the voice of God, because is this what you're showing me because of where I'm going and you're showing me, Hey, this is this kind of thing. It's not, it's not it. Or is this something you're showing me because you revealed it to me because it's something that needs to be dealt with. Those are two different instructions Mm -hmm. and they only come by God's, Mm-hmm. what God's telling you to do. Right. Right. It's not a lot of times too is 
Christians get in their mind that something that they see is not as effective or not the way they would do things. And they start to think that the way they would do things is the right way to do things. That's not always true either. You know, like God's showing you because of where he's leading you. I had to learn this. And you're sitting there thinking that they're doing it wrong. They're not doing it wrong. They're doing what they're doing. And God's showing you what you need to be doing because of where he's leading you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but see those in those instances, that's not outright sin, you know, right. outright sin. I would say biblically, you go directly to a person, to the person, mm-hmm. you know, if you see sin, then it's like you go to them one-on-one, you tell them like, you know, style is not sin, bro. Like oh, a little emphasis over here. You probably should be emphasizing, forget all that stuff. You know, that's for you to grow and learn, apply to your life. Hmm. Uh, or if God gives you students, teach them, you know. But when you see a pastor, dude, and you're noticing he'd probably be more effective, nah, you don't got to say nothing well, think about, about uh, what are they saying in marriage when you and your spouse are fighting? Never complain to your family about your spouse. Oh, right. Because your, yep. your family will always remember the bad in your spouse. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think the same goes with anything. Right. You could You could apply that to... All, all relationships, yep. you know, everybody remembers the negative, you know. So, so if true. you see something that that the pastor is doing wrong, and then you, like you said, and you tell them, they're always going to focus on the wrong. Mm-hmm. They're never going to focus on the message. You know, they're going to say, why does he always bring that up? Because that's what you told me. You told mm-hmm. me he always brings that up all the time. I'm tired of hearing that. Like, now that's oh. planted in my head. Now it's planted in my head. That's so you, true, the, bro. The bad seed's been, gr- now it's going to start to sprout fruit. And now... Every time that guy comes up, I'm I'm just always gonna think like, oh, because you, I'm, I'm sure you heard it. You solid, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. You've ever heard those pastors that like to say amen a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll be in the middle of their like amen, amen. I don't yeah, know yeah, if you've I've, ever heard absolutely. It. I've heard so that, I, yeah. I had a guy come up to me. He goes, "Why does that guy always say amen?" I never noticed. Mm-hmm. I never noticed. But now every time that guy goes up, I'm like, man, he says amen a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why did I not mm-hmm. notice that before? That's because I never cared because I was too focused on the message. But now that someone brought it up, yep. now I like I can't I like it's hard. Now I gotta like Lord, I'm not worried about the Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to hear the message. You know what's cool about that scenario too, though, is because of the nature of your calling, everything is only for a season. Mm-hmm. You know because you know what God's called you to do, and you know where you're headed. So, you know that's where you get to have a light heart about that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know you're just like cool like. You know, you're not sitting there wondering if you're going to be sitting under the amen guy for the rest of your <laughs> life. You know, I'm not, you know, it's between yeah, us, yeah. you know, but, but, um, that's the lightheartedness, the joy, you know, like, um, whenever I notice things like that, you know, there's, there's the amen, there's the father God guys, mm-hmm. you know, there's the, when the prayer, there's a lot of things, yep. dude, there's a lot of things. Daddy God. All, I have things too. Like never noticed I did that till my buddy's mm-hmm. wife was like, well, what is the other thing I always say? Uh, 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 um, to be completely transparent yeah, with you. Yeah. <laughs> Never noticed yep. I said that all the time. Something I say all the time. Uh, if I'm yes. being transparent with you, you know? And it's funny, though, like all of that stuff, you know? Um, and there's layers of maturity that we grow in that, hey, you know, you, ne- you never want to make pastors self conscious about things that are irrelevant, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I, I noticed the other day that I hadn't heard Pastor Rawl say it's amazing to me in a long time. He used to say that all the time. And I wondered, like, I'm like, hmm, that'd be sad if, like, that was just, like, a self-conscious thing out of nowhere. Like, oh, I do say that. I'm not going to say that no more, you know. Like, 
I kind of prefer it the other way that he would still say mm-hmm. it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, and then there's sometimes things just that we're saying them for a season in our life and they're gone, you know, but I think bringing it back to the well-roundedness, like, you know, on issues of sin, we deal with it on issues of preference. Unless a person asks you, you know, it's kind of relevant. And then, like you said, keeping in mind when we hold our tongues, you know, the Bible warns us about how powerful the tongue is. And mm-hmm. like, I go plant a seed in someone's mind, like, dude, I've been noticing so-and-so has been saying this a lot, you know, or they always keep circling back the same thing. What, what, what motive did I have when I even shared that? You know, like, was that idle babble? Was I just going on, on the cuff, you know, and just saying something randomly? Or did I purpose in my heart, like, you know, I'm going to share with this brother because have I noticed this as he noticed it too? Did I pray about that? Chuck Smith, those long pauses, dude. He used to literally, I found this out later. Mm-hmm. He used to literally, when he was about to say something, ask himself, Lord, is this just from my mind? Is this something that you shared? And even further, is it something you share for just me to know? Or is it something that you shared because you wanted everybody to know? That dude would literally go through that process with things that were coming out of his mouth, bro. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. I heard that, that that was true. And then you're checking, is it still, is the tape still playing? Right yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. And, and, and funny thing, like the, the, the C28 or C2000, uh-huh. whatever, I forget what they call it. Um, series when they cut out the pauses draws, drives me insane because I actually, when I would see Pastor Chuck teach, those pauses would draw me, bro. Like my own personal personality type. He'd be like, if you see the Lord and your eyes are fixed on the Lord, I'm like, I'm like in it, bro. I'm not just like, what's he saying? I'm like, I'm drawn into it, you know? But a lot of other people, they're just like, oh, dude, the long pauses. And I get it. We're all different personality types, you know? Mm. Some people don't like stuff this way or that way, you know? I've had to learn how to hold my tongue in scenarios where I felt like I have every every, every right to speak up. And I brought it before the Lord when I felt like I was wronged before. Mm. And, and then years go by, dude. And I'm like, so much so that this was something in my life where I began to question, God, did you, did I make a mistake in holding my tongue? Hmm. Am I in error? Because there was things that were coming back up from me not speaking up. And and then when God did speak to me and give me peace about, okay, speak up. When when I said what I felt the Lord was leading me in, I found out why God had me wait. And I was like, okay, God, you know what's up. I don't know what's up. And I think there's a place in time where sometimes you could have all the the right um, checklist of mm-hmm. this is the time for me to speak up. Like, uh, I'm in the right. Um, it's in the word. And it's just like maybe you're the peace isn't the peace of God isn't telling you to go forward with it, and you're just like, oh. and you're like, Lord, okay, and um, hmm. it's not always easy. Yeah, it's not. Hmm. You know, it's all what also is um, a difficult ingredient in that scenario is sometimes you're not aware of the motive why you want to do it. Mm. You know, in my case, when I was younger in my twenties and in ministry, 
probably my late 20s, but in ministry, full-time teaching, one thing I couldn't bear was to be um, someone to think something in error towards me, like mm. like they thought something that wasn't true. I couldn't live with that. I just was like, Lord, truth. I'm not about. I'm not here trying to. I just truth. Like I need people. I need the truth to be told. But what I wasn't able to do was I wasn't able to look at Jesus' example mm. in those instances, where where you allow a passage of time. And, and and you can maintain being upright before the Lord even though people believing a lie about you or thinking, assuming something's not true about you. Imagine Jesus, dude, like the Jews were his people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but he wasn't there trying to like make sure they know his motives. Like, but you don't understand, you guys got me all wrong. Like that thing, that was so big in me. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you got me all wrong. And what it was is, you know, it, it circles back to, like, my youth and stuff and that wrongfully accused and, like, it's not true and, like, you know, anxieties about that stuff. Uh, God had to get me to a place. And really it was Dave and Zunzu who helped me a lot with that one because he, he said, yeah, people are going to think what they're going to think. And I would be like, but they're wrong, dude. Like, they're wrong. Like, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Like, before I'd be, I, dude, I was the first person to be like, hey, man, can I talk to you? Like, listen, I'm. there's a lot of things I'm not. There's a lot of things I'm failing at or weak at, lame at, whatever. But this one thing that you got thrown at me, you're wrong about that one. I remember uh, I had told a bunch of the guys, I was like, be so transparent that that when someone goes to talk talk about you behind your back, they go and tell everybody, and everybody's like, yeah, we know. He told us yesterday. <laughs> you know, yep. I, I think it's so key because if you can tell everybody everything about yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously to a point, yeah. I mean, you know, but if you're that transparent and that open to everybody, it doesn't matter what they say because it's not going to be true. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to know like, no, nah, that dude's told us everything. Yep. And I mean everything, yep. you know, uh, we, we do a lot of prison ministry. I don't, but our church does. And, they, and one of the most important things about prison ministry is, is that you they don't care how much you know. You can know the Bible inside and out until they know how much you care mm-hmm. about them. You know, we have a guy who writes prison letters day mm-hmm. in and day out. Met that guy. Yeah, like thousands of letters. And it's crazy. And, and so when they go and visit them, they want to hear everything that, that we have to say because they know that there's someone here cares. that cares, mm-hmm. that's willing to take their time. And, I mean, that takes crazy all time. kinds of time. You know, we think like, oh, you're just writing some words and sticking a sti- sticking an envelope and mailing it. No, this guy writes the letter, photocopies the letter, so he has it for our records, then files that, mm-hmm. then he puts it in an envelope and writes everything. Everything's handwritten. It's not typed out. It's not like some stamp that, yeah. that has an address. He all handwritten. Mm-hmm. So it's an amazing thing. That's and amazing. Yeah. That is awesome. Hmm. I would have the worst hand cramp. <laughs> <laughs> I know my my brother Johnny to 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 add to the whole like transparency and being honest with yourself really is what it is. Is he has this really cool thing that is his perspective and God's really used him mightily in my life in this way. My brother Johnny always says like he goes, you know, when someone thinks something bad about me, bro, I always just realize that like if they only knew everything, they would think even worse about me. Mm-hmm. But so. 
even if they're off on this one, I'm I'm a I'm a monster. Like I'm trash, you know. So mm. so the fact that God's put me put his little robe on me and let me be a Christian is beautiful. And so if somebody thinks something bad, they don't even they don't know the half of it. <laughs> me right. and him joke about in construction whenever you're put on a situation and you're trash at it. Like you're they got you doing something and they put you on it. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it, how, what it does. You have the self-consciousness of like, you know, I'm this far along. I should know how to do this one thing. I have that one thing. I don't know how to do that good. And you get put in it, right? And the foreman comes standing over you on the day and he's watching you fumble it all up. And he's like, what the heck is that, dude? What are you doing? Like, you, you serious? Did you just do that? And me and Johnny, <laughs> both of us exercise this in the field. I'll be like, bro, imagine you caught me on my good day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you should see how trash I really am like that. And we do that, though, because it's like it's a way of like, don't don't fight. Don't try to defend yourself. And mm. dude, you know what, bro? We're all trash. Come on. Well, let's most be real, of the time, you know? most of the things that anybody, most of us that we pinpoint the, the, the bad things in people. It's really the things reflection. that are a reflection of what we don't like about ourselves. Mm. We just try to. Like, oh, look at what, look how that guy, what he's doing, you know? I remember I did that, and my wife goes, you talking about you? And I look, I went, dang. I was like, <laughs> you're supposed to agree with me here. You can burn me. Funny, dude. But, but I, I needed that because yeah. I, I started to become that, like, judgmental Christian, you know? Like, mm. well, they're not serving God the way I serve God. They should be doing this, this, and this. And my wife goes, you don't do that? Mm. I'm like. That's not the point, you yep. know, like, you know, and, and but no. she had to correct me. Like, look, yep. at, you're you're too busy pointing at everybody else's things. And, you know, what what did Jesus say? I'm worried about the, the speck in my brother's eye. I got a big old log in my yep. eye, you know. Mm. One of the earliest things that we develop as kids, which is so sad, is the ability to derail, to deflect um, towards somebody else so that we don't have to suffer. You know, like if you're a kid and you you're you know you you don't have matching shoes on but if you can make fun of the fat kid in the corner then nobody's noticing your shoes you know what i mean or mm. if you point out that someone's got a big zit on their nose halfway through their their sentence what but the sentence was going to end with you looking bad you know you won and we learned that young we learned that young and we learned that unfortunately most of the time we learn that by happening to us and then we start doing that. And I've always, it's always broken my heart to see that. And I'm sure you've seen it. Because honestly, enough, oddly enough, if one thing I learned from biker culture, because I've been around biker culture a lot of my life, is that there's a lot of self-consciousness. There's a lot of, um, a lot of times people really gravitate towards the family of biker culture because it's something that they're lacking or something that they needed or something that they're struggling with. So I've spotted, dude, it's been so crazy. You've probably seen it. You'll be a biker play, and you see, like, little kids. Like, mm -hmm. they're, like, grown-up kids, you know? Like, they look big, tough, with big beards, but a lot of their actions and things that they're doing are just like a playground, dude. Mm -hmm. Just the same exact thing. And it's so wild to see that and to realize that, you know, to pour on more of an ingredient that's not good doesn't do away with an ingredient that shouldn't be there mm. you know what i mean like you're trying to be even tougher you're trying to be even meaner you're trying to be even scarier and you think that that's going to just cover the fact that you put way too much sugar in this 
dish or something and it's not it's just making it more full of ingredients that don't need to be there instead of just admitting this doesn't belong in this dish Hmm. let's start from scratch you know what i mean so so before me and my wife got married we we were split apart for a while and uh she had made friends with skinheads like Mm -hmm. so the only reason she did that is so i couldn't be friends with them as well right so well those those people they were tough I mean, they like to fight. Yeah. You know, that's just how they were. They were just tough people. They would. I met some skinheads. You know, and like, yeah. but they, these were guys that just like to fight just because they were like, hey, I don't like how that guy looks. I'm gonna go beat him up. Mm-hmm. You know, but we had talked about it after we we had started serving God, and they were just broken. Mm-hmm. They were just broken people. They they had rough childhoods. Didn't have their parents around. You know, and, and most of them just didn't have their dads. You know, and so. They didn't know how to to feel emotion and 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 like be happy or be sad. So what did they resort? They resorted to anger. Mm-hmm. And and so like you said, most of them, they're just children. They're thirty year old kids. Yeah, you know that that don't know how to live life because they 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 were raised in this environment, right? And I'm not saying all environments sure. to, to tune into that, but that's what they were taught. They were taught anger is the answer for everything, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so you see it, and so we see it in the guys that come to the home at, at our church, right? They come tough, and and like they're 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 just like, you know, I'm not going to be broken. And then like a month comes by, and then you're like, dude, you're totally different. <laughs> you're like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, man. You wouldn't even talk when you first got here. And now you're like hugging people and, and just have this joy, mm. you know, and they know how to smile because the Lord was able to fill that spot that they didn't know how, how to fill. They just used anger to f- always fill it. And it's cool. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, I think it goes across all kinds of things. Yeah. I think with uh, kind of to balance out some of what you guys are bringing up, there's the idea of being our authentic self. And sometimes in our authenticity, we're prideful and we're mean. And sometimes we think that like, well, if I'm not true to myself right now, uh, then I'm not, that's, being, that, I'm not being I'm real. Not being real. Yeah. yeah. And that's the highest ideal at that, mm-hmm. at, at that point for you. But in reality, sometimes your authentic self, it's, it's based in pride. So I think it, when you're, cause I, I was tracking with you about being transparent. I think we have to be sincere, transparent, uh, in the spirit, you know, like, cause then if we're being sincerely, like, just like prideful and show, <laughs> letting people know that hey, actually, I don't think, uh, your way and I'm, I'm right in everything. There's a balance yeah. and it's just, man, there's a lot people of people hide yeah. like, Oh, I keep it real. That's why. Cause I keep yeah. it real. Like, yeah, you keep it really <laughs> jerky. You're yeah. a jerk, dude. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I remember, uh, there was a uh, one time this young kid, um, and he, <laughs> He was, he was something, someone said something to him and it was kind of a little, like a, a slight tiny little jab. And then he was like, who's the accuser of the brethren? <laughs> and this uh, pastor overseer who was also very witty, actually Phil Sanchez, <laughs> he goes, you are when you say that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, <laughs> but it was just kind of cool because he kind of put this kid in blast like because the kid was like taking a spiritual truth and like trying to like make this person feel a certain way. And he kind of shined the light on that. It was like, dude, like spiritual abuse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's like a, a a serious thing. You know, I, uh, among uh, totally, totally like changing topics a little bit, but who, so we see it a lot at, at, uh, 
that guys that that come out of this lifestyle right um so they start serving god well what does the bible say about when you're married the wife should submit to the husband right well then the guy takes advantage of that mm. so you know well i'm gonna go do this and you're coming with me because the bible tells me that tells you and tells me that this is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to submit to me and then you know and then they'll start to speak all these biblical truths really out mm. of context mm. but and they start to abuse that that spiritual abuse you know mm. like and and you see and it's sad mm. it's so sad i think about that because because I, I i had a good friend who who backslid really bad him and his wife they had two kids just went out into the world but that was his his way of keeping a hold of her mm. you know he would go well the lord you know the lord doesn't like divorce the lord doesn't want us to be apart the, and, mm. and, and he would just guilt her and, and just dig her deep into the ground and mm. and and so wherever he went she went so so if they were using drugs wow if he was using drugs she would just go because she had she, to. she had to in her mind yeah in her mind and and you know and 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 sometimes it's hard to like get their mind out of that mm. because i don't know if you guys know how like uh if you ever heard of like the 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 battered w wife syndrome mm -hmm. the battered woman syndrome like you know, no matter how much a woman gets beat by her husband or her significant other she'll always come back because she thinks she can never do any better and so that's usually what happens is they just turn it spiritually they might not physically beat them up or 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 uh or with their verbally abuse them but they do it spiritually and i feel mm. i feel like that's so much more worse mm. you know because now you're bringing god's name into that yeah. and god would never do that that's so you know? that's that's something that you say as you say the like i'm stirred you know that the first thing i always want to do whenever i hear something like that or or realize something like that is add it to how i can grow people own awareness and um, and one of the things that stands out to me immediately, dude, as you're sharing that is that, um, the outcome is driven towards the person rather than towards the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how many verses they're saying and how much they're pointing out that God's saying these things, everything in the Bible is pointing the glory to God and pointing people towards the Lord and his kingdom. Right. It's not pointing it towards people and towards people gaining and getting stuff for themselves. So when a person starts quoting stuff or saying, "Hey, you know," and they're and w the end all is that they're obtaining, they're they're going against my God. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so they're they're going to pray mm -hmm. that you give me a jet. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, all of yeah. that stuff, dude. All that stuff. Or pastors call it them people calling yeah. them daddy. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're saying. It all of that stuff, dude. Yeah. yeah, or or the husband saying, you know, you have to submit. You have to submit. Like, like, dude, you're like every every instruction for a husband. In the Bible, every instruction for a wife in the Bible, every instruction for a servant, every instruction for a leader is to point the glory and honor towards God, point people's eyes towards Jesus Christ, and that the kingdom is being added to. When people are using these things to add to themselves, dude. As far as I'm concerned, they need to be taken down. Like, like, and I'm not saying I'm going to go get people. I'm just saying like that's that needs to be taught against. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I like what uh, mm -hmm. what Dale said. He goes, uh, the 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 duty of the husband is to be her her slave. Mm. her servant yeah you know and and, and he goes you go uh, i remember even david told me he goes yeah we're supposed to be our our wives slaves mm. and then he goes how many husbands and they raise their hand and then he told them that and they were like mm, 
I don't like. I don't know, about, I don't that know about that. And, and but then he explained it, and he goes, "We're called to to serve our wives, right?" What he goes, "We're we're 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 supposed to lead." Lead, lead our wives like Christ leads the church, right? And well, what did Christ do when he was here on earth? He laid he, down. He laid down his life. He he washed his feet, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so when you say that, women are like, yeah, wash my feet. Yeah, they mm-hmm. get all excited, right? And and it's true, though. It it, it goes both ways. What, admit, what does every man want in the relationship? Respect. Mm-hmm. But how do you get respect? By loving your mm-hmm. wife, right? And so in order to get both of those, it, it, if I serve my wife, my wife will serve me. Right. And hand in hand, and I'll get the respect I want. She'll get the love she wants, and it will be a never-ending cycle—the good cycle, mm-hmm. not the crazy cycle of constant back and forth. You know. You know what's really interesting about that is I've heard Dave teach that because I've sat with him a long time, and and Dale too. But the odd thing is, nine times out of ten, or even more so, maybe almost every time I've ever heard Dave teach that, he's taught it to men, right? And 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 in other places that I've seen say like a pastor and he's really drilling the men in front of the wives you know uh, like i'll be I'll, I'll i'll receive it because it's still true but i'll be like mm, what is that lord why am i getting like a little like maybe you don't want that or, and what i've come to realize is that um husbands are called to look at their handbook as to what they need to be and wives are called to look at their handbook mm-hmm. as to what they need to be one of the biggest cancers in christian the body of believers right now concerning marriage is that if you talk to a wife, she'll be more aware of what a husband should be. And if you talk to a husband, he's mm-hmm. more aware of what a wife should be. I talk to guys all the time when they're struggling in marriage, dude. And I'm a man to call if people are struggling in marriage because I've struggled in marriage, dude. God's done an amazing work in my marriage as of right now and what God's doing. But in seasons past, I've gone through really, really tough times in my marriage. And one of the things that God had to reveal to me is that I was going to him about her and not going to him about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People call me all the time, dude. Hey, dude, can you pray for me? What's up? Dude, my marriage. All right, what's up? Talk to me. Well, dude, she this, she that, she this, she that. And it's like, hey, listen, probably legit. Probably legit. Like your wife doesn't care about her role, what she's supposed to be doing as a Christian, as a servant of the Lord, as a wife. She doesn't care. I hear you. But guess what? When you called me, you know who you called me to talk about? You called me to talk about you. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to call me and you're the person calling me, then guess what? You, we're going to work on you. Mm-hmm. Even if there's 90% of things that that person's doing wrong and you only have 10% things you're doing wrong, guess what we're going to work on? We're going to work on 10%. Mm-hmm. Because when you stand before the Lord, you're not going to answer for other people not doing their job. You're going to answer for whether or not you did what God told you to do. And and as husbands, that's a unique responsibility because that directly affects our wives, like you said earlier. So when, But here's the hard part. When wives call me, it's going to be the same thing the other way around. Most of the time, I'm just going to point people towards talking to a woman. But if it's like in a case where it's like ministry stuff, like pastoral style, like... I'm going to talk to them about them, right? And and in certain cases, like you talked about earlier, obviously there's certain exceptions, like someone's being beat or somebody's you know in fear of their life or whatever. But you're still going to talk to them about what they need to be in the Lord, hmm. you know. And and that's always going to be the conversation, you know. It's like and that's why Dave and and, and Dale and stuff and talking groups of men, dude. They're so wives need to be submissive, you know. The Bible says a woman should. Like, that's not your handbook, bro. Mm. 
That's not your handbook. Like, why are you even reading your a uh, handbook that doesn't ab- belong to you? What happens hmm. when you buy a Samsung phone and you're reading Apple on how to use it? <laughs> what happens if you buy an Apple phone and you're reading Samsung's, you know, instruction manual on how to use it? You're off, bro. Hmm. You're off. And Christians need to get back to, especially men, especially men, I speak because the Bible's called us uniquely to be the head of the home, right? Mm-hmm. They need to be super in tune with their role. Like, sacrifice like like servant of all not just of your wife of all the bible calls us servant of all so we're we lead by service dude that's our power our power source is our service you know and nine times out of ten dude the the biggest issue that people are having is that they're looking at where their wife's falling short Mm -hmm. and maybe she is but that's actually contributing to the problem that that's all that you're looking at Mm -hmm. you know like i don't I'm not, as a teacher, I'm not called to make sure that I stand before you with a wife who for sure is doing everything that she needs to do. I can't, I I need to be everything that God needs me to be because that's the best way that I'm actually going to be able to water my wife to be what she mm-hmm. needs to be. And that's all I got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Dude, dude. I was confessing to Lisette a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, um, I don't know how to be in ministry as a pastor with my wife serving alongside me. I've never experienced that. I've never even seen that. Like in the churches that I've been involved with, mm-hmm. the wife is like out doing different women's ministries and she's very involved. But like here, every team church, we're like, this right next they're to in each the other. Same, <laughs> they're in the same. Yeah. Like Dale's wife is in immense study, you know. What I mean? yeah. but like, and his wife isn't yeah. either, but she's in everything that he's doing. Yeah. Here, you know? So I, I, and and I felt myself getting uh, in my mind, like thinking that okay, like kind of like troops, like fall in order, and then I felt like that voice of the Holy Spirit saying, "Hey, like, what what are you doing, Sal?" <laughs> And so I, I had to kind of take a step back and I confessed to her, I was like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I'm learning. Like, I'm, 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 and I see we're both growing and we're, like, it's great. Like, we're having a great, a blast. And I realized that, and this is wisdom now, that first I, somebody told me this, Pastor Dave told me this. He said, remember, she is not your assistant pastor. She's your wife. And... I believe his words are, you didn't marry your assistant pastor. Right. right yeah. <laughs> and so, and so with that, uh, I, I remind myself of that as I'm not going through different scenarios where sometimes we can like have disagreements about the way the church function and things like that. And, and being humble enough and also serving her with everything that we're going through. And that's something I'm learning. It's like, okay, how do I serve my wife as she serves alongside me? And still being like the the one to to be the minister to the the leaders and to the people, because that's what the whole thing idea of ministry. Mm-hmm. And you've heard this before. It's like if it's not, if you're not serving the people, if you're not putting God first and serving the people, then it's it's for your own self. Like, and it's not really ministry at that point, because ministry literally means servant. Yep, minister it turns into servant. work. Yeah. Mm. So lessons, lessons I'm learning. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, before uh, before we get out of here, dude, I, there's something that we love to end with. Um, 
and all the conversation that we're having, which I honestly feel like can go on for hours. Yeah. And and will actually it just won't go it won't go on continuous hours, but I look forward to more conversations in the future. But um as you sit right now and and where you're at and what you're doing, how can we pray for you? Ooh. Pray You know what? Pray for my wife. Don't even pray for me. Pray for my wife cuz she's going into nursing, well she's in nursing school. So that her schooling affects both of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very busy thing, mm-hmm. and it's very stressful. She just had a math test that she, she had to get 100% on. Mm. I've never been so stressed about a test that I wasn't taking, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but but pray for that. Pray And, and we, talk, we talked about, I guess, yeah, pray for me too, I guess. So uh, we keep talking about knowing your calling, right? Mm. And, and I think I know it, but I want God to really show it, you know, yeah. and— uh, Pray for that. You know, I just, one last thing I want to say on that, bro, because um, I'm fairly confident that you do know your calling. And that it, maybe even I know what your calling is, but but I'm not here to blast you on that. Um, knowing your calling is more about being it than how figuring out how it's going to unfold. Like when you sit in, with your calling and you're thinking like, okay, now that I've admitted that in my own head, how do I make that happen? That's not really the conversation to have. You know, it's not something that's his, that's his job is mm-hmm. the plat to platform you, to put you where you're supposed to be, what your responsibility is to be it. It's just to be it, you know, and there are men that spend a long time being what they're made to be before God platforms them. And that's a beautiful thing because there's a lot learned, but uh, it's a it's a it's a bad look when people are trying to make something. You know, it, your calling is what you are, and mm. like as soon as you can admit it to yourself and and stop with the uncomfortable like oh, I don't like admitting this to myself, you know, because I know it well, bro. I'm speaking with, from experience, you know, um, but just commit to being it. You know, this is what you made me, Lord. I know, I know what it is deep down in my heart. I know what it is, and and I'll be that. But as far as how you're going to unfold all that on a practical side, that's your business, God. <laughs> you know, and you just show me if you need me to move, need me to do, need me to, uh, you know, evaluate or or practical things. You know, so I know you asked just for prayer for your wife, but I'm going to pray for you too, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for my brother. I really do, Lord. Thank you for him being in my life and the uniqueness that he is, all the things that you've taught him and all the things that you're teaching him and his awareness of of how much further he still has to go. And, and I thank you for that. And I, lo- I know, Lord, that though there, though he's one in front of us, that he is not just one, that he has a wife and everything that she deals with, everything that she goes through, it affects him and and the other way around. I pray for her right now and I ask, Lord, that you would just bring such tremendous blessings upon her that even if my brother here would wear anxiety and and wait his whole life, 
I pray that you would just pour out grace and and love and mercy and peace in hers. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would guide her, that every step in the positive direction would be actual ones from you and never distractions, and that they as a husband and wife would be able to accept closed doors also when those things show up because we know not what everything unfolds to be. But I do pray, Lord, in, in this situation that seems very clear of where you're leading her and what door's opening, that you that you give them wisdom and that you just make the, the road in front of them straight. Um, and that is not to say without trial, Lord, but just let every trial come upon them be from your hand and not from the enemy and what he's trying to do. I pray for Caesar and I lift him up to you, his calling. I pray that it would be one that he is sure and true about. And it's not something that he needs to tell everybody, but that he needs to embrace and know. I thank you for him. I thank you for the the season that we're entering into and the relationships that we're building here and how those things will probably be important in the future. And I just ask that you go before us, both, all of us, all three of us today. You be with all of our wives. And we thank you so much, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's a wrap. Thanks, Caesar. Yeah, thank you. Mama coming home. I'm in the next chapter. Put away all my credentials. Then I crucified the actor. Traded all I thought I want to be. For what I know I'm supposed to be. Walking with the Lord.